<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? This is a fortune teamster who is just incredible. This is one of my favorite episodes of all time uh, and one of my favorite people. And we just got into it. It's, it's, you know, I told her afterwards, I was like, that's it. That's a perfect, you made it weird. And I was so glad. Uh, it, it was one of those things where we don't know each other that well, but that kind of even makes it better. <laughs> you know, it's like, are we able, are we going to be able to find each other? And of course we did, because every time I see her uh, performing or just in life, uh, you know, as we talk about at an airport, we always have a great time. And this is, uh, I'm so glad we have this recording of one of those great times to share with you. So she's incredible. Please check her out and everything that she's doing. And I do have a couple uh, plugs for a couple live You Made It Weirds, a couple book shows and some stand-up shows uh, that are coming up soon. Um, May 15th, I'm going to be at the William Vale for a Brooklyn book show. That's a comedy sex god in conversation show. It's going to be me and a very special uh, comedian guest uh, who I think you'll be excited about. It's going to be fun. Go to wordbookstores.com for tickets if you're going to be in New York. Um, May 18th, I'm going to be in Boston. We just added a second show. We're doing two live comedy sex god shows uh, in conversation shows. Uh, go to wbur.org slash events for tickets if you're in Boston and if you're nasty. And then May uh, 23rd, I'm going to be doing a comedy sex god in conversation live show at Largo with my man Bobby B, Rob Bell. We'll probably release that one as a live podcast as well. Uh, almost almost undoubtedly. I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, so go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. And June 3rd, I'm going to be doing, for the first time ever, a live You Made It Weird with only one guest, which is the incredible musician, solo artist, and man at work, Colin Hay, who is just one of the best storytellers and most interesting people out there and an incredible musician, obviously. So I'm going to be interviewing him and just him for a live special You Made It Weird. Okay, and I do want to give shout-outs to the Pete's Picks. As you guys know, um, I'm not doing like traditional ads on the podcast. I'm doing uh, you know, shout-outs or Pete's Picks. I'm picking things that Pete likes, things that I actually use every single day uh, for the most part, if not all the time in a looser way, more general way. Uh, things that I love. Let's say, let's put it that way. And I reached out to these companies to see if they would uh, get the weirdos a promo code, and they said yes. So here they are. These are the Pete's picks. The first one is the original one, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. You guys know this by now. It's made from the hemp plant, but they use science to remove the THC. THC is obviously what makes uh, hemp an intoxicant and gets you stoned. They use science to remove that, and they leave the body and brain beneficial CBD. Go ahead and uh, Google, if you feel nasty, Google uh, benefits of CBD oil. For me personally, it is a wonderful um, mood elevator. It helps me laugh a little bit easier. helps me smile a little, a little bit easier. My shoulders go down. It helps me with stress. I usually take this, uh, especially when I'm stressed. If I'm feeling a lot of weight of the world, I take a little bit of the CBD. I get the original formula. I get the mint, fla uh, mint chocolate flavor. It is incredible. Um, they also make bombs that are wonderful for soothing the skin. The best thing to do is to try it. If, if you're curious, it's legal. It ships to all 50 states. Like I said, it doesn't take you out of the game. It just helps in an overall well-being glow, a feeling of health and, and happiness. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. So try it. 
go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code keep it crispy if it's after may 10th there's a new promo code which is going to be keep it crispy 19 capital k capital i capital c 19 the rest is lowercase keep it crispy 19 starting on may 10th uh, also i want to give a shout out i'm wearing them right now to my me undies I, I don't know if you know this but you spend i think what is it it's like 90 percent of your life in your underwear and i realized i was a grown man and i didn't like my underwear so i'd heard of me undies on other podcasts and i just did a full overhaul every single pair me undies me and val both and we love it it's by far the most comfortable underwear i've ever owned it's the most fun patterns that actually do kind of put you in a good mood start the day off with something fun throw on some me undies they are the softest underwear ever I mean, they always say they make Bob Ross's voice sound like Gilbert Gottfried, if that makes sense. Other undies. Does that, does that even make sense? They make Bob Ross's voice sound like, oh, I see. That's their joke. What I'm saying is that they're super, super soft because they're made from micro-modal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. They now make a boxer brief with a fly. I wear the boxer brief. You can also get the boxer brief with a fly for people that like to go out the gate instead of over the fence. And they also make onesies and they make uh, lounge pants, all made from that three times softer than cotton micro-modal fabric. And they are incredible. So I reached out. Can we get the weirdos? Yes, you can. 15% off and free shipping. 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 That's 15% off the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. Go to meundies.com slash weird. That's meundies.com slash weird. And the other one, this is Kachava. We know this by now. Kachava, I find it very difficult, especially when I'm traveling, to eat healthy. And especially with a baby, it's very hard to eat healthy. Um, and I was looking for a superfood plant-based drink mix that was actually delicious, and I found it in Kachava. It is a nutrition overload. One Kachava smoothie, I would wager, has more nutrients packed into it than most people get in a month. It's got 100, It's 100% plant-based. It's got omega-3s from chia and flaxseed. Uh, it's got eight superfoods, 17 greens and veggies. I mean, right there, that's, that's what I'm looking for. It's very hard to eat greens and veggies, especially on the road. It's gluten-free, soy-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and preservatives. It's got digestive support built right in, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, MG, yeah, that's milligrams, 24 grams of, of protein, plant-based protein, nine grams of fiber. So everybody's talking about how great it is to eat plant-based. It can be great. It is great. I, I swear by it. But it's also very tricky, and it's hard to find something that's tasty. But they put in just the right amount of coconut nectar and just amount the right amount of coconut milk, powdered coconut milk, that I just throw it in a bottle with some water and shake it up. You can make it with frozen strawberries. You can add it to your smoothie. You can make it with almond milk. All that stuff is wonderful. But it's the only one that I found that I, I actually love with just water, and it's because the coconut milk, the powdered coconut milk, makes it creamy and smooth. So... It's as close as I've come to a meal in a pill. It make, keeps you full for five, six hours. I didn't know that people take Kachava for weight loss, but apparently that's a big part of their, uh, of their audience. Um, that's not why I take it. I take it because I want to get that wonderful, healthy, happy feel that I get from it. So you get 20% off. Go to Kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird, and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, guys, that's it. Enjoy Fortune Feimster. She's just so incredible. Hope to see you at Largo. Hope to see you in Brooklyn. Hope to see you in Boston. And uh, in the meantime, get into it. Failing at growing a lemon tree? I'm failing miserably.
Sid, however, is cozy. Oh, just, just notice. You know? Just noticing. <laughs> no, I love it. Where you de-stress? Um, in the sauna. Yeah, it does. It does help with that. Yeah. I gave up. Um, you know, I haven't been like smoking weed. Oh, really? Not, not like not doing it, but yeah. I just—it sort of naturally faded from my life. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, I could go on and on about that, but who cares? <laughs> I care about everything that you're going. Through. You're so sweet, and it's so nice to see you. It's well, really nice to see you. What I was going to say was the things like saunas mm-hmm. are nice what, yeah. when you're like, "Is there a way?" And I also run cold. Oh, yeah. So that's how do helpful. you run? I run probably more hot. Fortune My Teamster. face gets red. I, I also have a ready face. Yeah. Where do you hail from? I hail from. <laughs> <laughs> I think my people are from like Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, you look like that. Uh, I've got that right? Irish, very white skin. The sun is trying to kill us. Oh, uh, for sure. You I, and Conan and. I wear a ridiculous sun hat. When you wear I a go, floppy sun hat. I wear a floppy sun. Is hat. it floppy? Yeah, and I'm not even embarrassed. It's like a fishing hat. And I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I even I don't ever get snapped by paparazzi, but occasionally it will happen. Uh-huh, and and I, catch you I got like I posted it yesterday, like the worst paparazzi photo ever. I was in my floppy hat of you and your flop. Yeah, and my gut was hanging out. It was beautiful. Oh my lord! <laughs> but I almost like it when they're awful. I've had like four. I've never had a photo of the paparazzi. I've, I've they had, bother you? I've had like four paparazzi shots in my life. Four pop shots? Four pop shots, and they're Where? all Clubs? terrible. No, just like on the street. Like a Where random are you going street. to dinner? Are you like a secret fancy? <laughs> Am I, I'm like, calling. are you? I know, I'm not. No fancy. judge. Do you go to, but where are the paparazzi? Well, this The only one... times I've even seen the paparazzi, and they don't mm-hmm. take pictures of me. Uh, and that is not a complaint. Are <laughs> <laughs> when I'll, I'll hang like if I go to dinner with Judd, we'll go uh-huh. to some restaurant. Yeah, where it seems like part of the reason people not Judd, but part right. of the reason people go to this restaurant is to get documents. Yeah, for sure. They those places definitely exist all over LA. And that's not why you're being paparazzi. No, the latest one with me and my <laughs> floppy hat is was in Studio City. It's become like a little hot spot. Which, it's a hot spot for the. For the pop rocks over there, it's at the farmers market on Sundays. Okay, I guess a lot of celebrities have started going there, and when it's a slow day, they're like, "Oh, there's Fortune," because I'm not the one that gets the pop shots. Pop rocks. Yeah. You ever put some pop rocks in your mouth? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I love it. Pop rocks are. Gross. And then the other time was when I was searching for engagement rings. Are you engaged? I am engaged. Get out of here. Yeah. Get into here. Good for you. Thank you. You're just somebody. We all just want Forchy Feemster to be the the happiest. Oh, Forchie you're the Feemster. best. I Is it the same woman that we chatted about? Yeah, I was just thinking about that when we were in the airport. We got delayed for yeah. several hours out of Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. I love that flight. Talk about paparazzi. Right. Talk, talk about like. <laughs> status <laughs> montreal is just a place where people if you succumb to it you'll feel bad about your status <laughs> and one of the ways that we'll all feel bad about our status is 
when we're all flying coach. Yeah, all and we, yeah. And we go, we, we just pass, fly. We pass and by then, fancy but people. But you go in through, first and there's Chris D'Elia, and he's in first class. I remember yeah. actually a, a vivid memory where Chris was in first class, and I was going to coach, and he yelled out to me, he was like, "I'm in first because of your podcast." Because on this podcast, I talk about like comedians should love themselves, yeah. and if you can get the upgrade, pay for the upgrade. Because right. traveling is the worst part of our job. He was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like. <laughs> The fucking festival bought my ticket. You're like, I don't love myself and as much as you today. No, Montreal doesn't love me as much um, as I love me. I know. Because they always say they can't. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr., he's in first. They are, and it's weird who they pick. <laughs> they pick I've them. seen some people in first class. On, I'm like, how did you get They're up wooing here? Them, but that's the trap. Yeah. We can't fall into this we trap. We can't. But we... They want us to eat each other. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. They do it on purpose. They're like, let's put a slideshow in the lobby, but yeah. like, we'll omit fortune. <laughs> Montreal has that way. I mean, I guess any festival has a way of ugly. even posters. There's like the big names that are in big font and yeah. then they get, the fonts get smaller. I am I've, with you. I've been what in many this? a small font. So, you I've know. been many a small font. I've been an end special guest. No name. I don't know if I've ever even been the big font. You've been a big font. In if the, you're getting Rapsed in the little in the little festivals, I guess. <laughs> I hate all that. You know where it starts is comedy contests. That's where yeah. that's where they start. That's where the blood gets in the water. Did you do comedy contests? I did because it was one of the ways to get up at the beginning. Yeah, and it was always me and this guy named Nathan Trenholm, and he always won. Was that in New York? No, that was in Chicago. Oh, okay, where I started, and then when I got to New York, I kind of lost my taste for it. Did you? They would I'm have things like comedy think. knockout. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to do like 90 seconds of stand up versus 90 seconds. And I was like, well, the guy with the one liners is going to win. I'm not like, good at why contests. Are we, why would you be? Yeah. You're, you and I are similar. We're very we're sweet. personality driven, <laughs> right? But we're talking about our lives and yeah. we're sweeties. And like you can't really compare. It's hard to compare our stand up with others because we're, we're just telling our story. That's what I mean. You're gonna. What are you gonna say? Yeah. What are you gonna talk about? So, like, comedy contests always favored the people that could just be like. Obviously, this was pre Twitter. Yeah. Could just sort of deliver three perfect jokes and mm-hmm. everyone, and also very dirty. I, I, yeah. I hate to. I'm not super dirty. I don't mean to judge, but the I would always lose. It's a wonder that I would come in second <laughs> uh-huh. because I was up there. I, I always joke that I was talking about ice packs, but I really was talking about ice packs. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing that I'm proud of. of Starting out, Pete, that he managed to make ice packs funny enough. You did to it. come in second place to like the female ejaculate putting out birthday <laughs> candles closer. I'm never going to be a crowd pleaser in that way. I don't have you the are one-liners. a crowd pleaser though. Just in the like, I'm going to share my stories, but I'm not good with the one liners. And the, no, I hear that. You know? Neither of us would do well. Mm-mm. You know, whenever I do like a, I did kill Tony. You know, kill mm-hmm. Tony, and you and I was a judge, right? Yeah. And you watch all these open mic on up. You know, uh-huh. there's other people, different levels. Yeah. And they have to go up and do like two minutes of stand up. Oh, that's the hardest. Couldn't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it now. <laughs> Could you? Two minutes. Two minutes? No, I don't think Hi, I Hi. <laughs> uh, who's afraid? <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how I could get two into minutes it. Is, I, prefer, I would prefer to do an hour over even 15 minutes. I understand. Because my jokes aren't short. They're not like little packaged, cute little... It's a weird thing. It's a thing. journey. My stand-up's all a journey. Well, I always wonder how people like Eddie Izzard 
got started because mm-hmm. those people only make sense in the two hour bursts. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I couldn't watch Eddie Izzard for five minutes, but how right. did he get started? How did people like you get started? Because when you were starting, mm-hmm. you had to do short sets. Yeah. And two, it sucks. two minutes at the comedy store. Sucks. What were yeah. you doing? I don't even remember. Was it like my fortune? I think I made- pirates are always after me because <laughs> I'm a fortune. Oh, I got the light. I was. You have to do stupid shit like that because what else are you gonna do? I was looking at some old stand up the other night, and um, I don't know why. For pledge. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess I wanted to be depressed. It was. It's awful watching. First off, watching myself, I hate that. I hate hearing my voice, but I definitely hate watching old stand up because it is more. I think I made fun of my, myself a lot more back then. Interesting. How I mean, old are we talking? Um, that would have been like, I started stand-up when I was 26. So that would have been like, I was watching it maybe 28, 29. Okay. Well, how old were you when you did Conan? I watched your Conan set. And what stood out to me, Zero Judge Zone, was that you do make fun of yourself mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Has someone pointed that out to you before? Or have you noticed? I've noticed. You probably didn't need anyone I, to point it out. <laughs> but you do, you sort of, like, you disarm. You yeah. go like, I look like this. I couldn't be a waitress at Hooters, but I'm going to make that joke. Right. Obviously, this is not therapy. I'm just saying, like, it's 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 from that place of, like, I'm going to make the joke before someone can exactly. make a joke about me. Is that right? Yeah, and I did it more in the beginning. I do it now. Like, I'm working towards a new hour right now that hopefully will become a special and i do do it in the very beginning chances are good <laughs> so let's go ahead and upgrade crossed. those chances in the beginning i do a couple of knocks at myself but yeah. then it honestly is just the journey it's and i don't <laughs> the journey of you me need a line of soaps and lotions <laughs> called just the journey just the journey i Pete. would use them it's the journey it's a very autobiographical set and yeah. it's the journey of figuring out who I am. Oh, and uh, so I've never done a set like this. So it's kind of an interesting to do. But I do knock myself down a couple pegs in the beginning. But Is then that, I don't do it again. It's a good, it's a good strategy, though. Mm-hmm. It, it works. You're in this like powerful position just yeah. as a stand-up. So it's kind of fun. I do it, too. And I don't know why I do it. But honestly, it's, it's disarming. It's, it is disarming. It's, but it's I, nice, I the guess. one joke I do... I find funny. So even though I'm m- making fun of myself, I think it is funny because I'm in on the joke with what everyone is else. I it's say, not morning radio. Um, I'm just wondering what I say. What? <laughs> how does it go? Uh, I, you, I understand uh, you're having a hard time with your hair these days. Tico and the man. Oh my God. Why can't I remember my stand-up? Oh, that's terrifying. I say, um, oh my God. What is it about? It is. Your clothes. It's no, your it's shoes, that. Uh, oh, I say hair, that I never got kidnapped <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> just guessing areas. Yeah, you're just Not, like nothing's everything. wrong with any of those areas. I'm just giving like, you, can you a brush your hair. Jumping off point. <laughs> I say that I because it is a autobiographical show. I talk about how I was a, I was born big. I was born ten and a half pounds. Born big's a good title. Born big. And that has born big. come into my life my entire life. I've always I like been a the big double kid. meanings because big could mean your mass. Yeah. But it's also like you're just your fortune fame. I mean, your yeah. fortune fame. You're big. <laughs> big you know what I mean? You're a shining star. I've been lost at sea and I've looked for you in the sky. Uh, and was I there? <laughs> you were there and I guided my ship there. Yes. And I used your lotions because <laughs> it gets lonely. I talk about lotions in my set too that I'm we are so sympathetic of, of what you're laying down. And that was a jerk off joke for people listening. There you go. Because I'm a sailor 
And that's where the semen comes from. Okay, come on. So I say I never got the, – the advantage to being big is that I never got kidnapped. Hilarious. And I go on a whole tangent about that. <laughs> and then I say that, it, you know, I guess kidnappers have a type. And I wasn't – it wasn't girls that looked like the kid from Bad Santa. Hilarious. And then I say really? – Yeah, that's Or so for funny. some of the older folks, um, the kid from the Sandlot. Uh-huh. And then I say that people are – wearing that kid's face on a vintage t-shirt and they're running i'm running into those people and they get very excited when they see me and they're like oh my god and then i have to be like you're killing me smalls because i don't want to disappoint people they think it's they don't think i mean not really but but for fun but so the joke so even though i'm making making fun of myself i think it's funny to be because I get that well, I do high, kind of look like those guys. But it's also high status, low status. Instead of going up and acting like you can't make and take a joke about yourself. Yeah. And then it sort of opens the door to making fun of anybody else, right? Right. Because so my go-to that I, I admittedly have used too many times is I say, look, like lesbian Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. And then that's just <laughs> always says, a like, cl- crowd a, pleaser. It's a crowd please. <laughs> Dude, it, that's when I remember like... Certain clubs are clubs. Yeah. Like, it's like the audiences are randos, and I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way. They're not as curated as, say, like an alt room. It might yeah. be regulars, or maybe they're snobby or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You say, if I say lesbian Val Kilmer at the comedy store, <laughs> save it for the clothes, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, like, uh-huh. I'm out of time. I've been lesbian Val Kilmer. 30 <laughs> seconds of applause, and then I just say goodnight. So they love yeah. that, but it's, it's better to open with it. That's why I think mm-hmm. a lot of us do it. And then maybe it gives us permission to make fun yeah. of anything because we made fun of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've talked to like Ron Funches about it. He's done a lot of work on himself in the last couple of years. And he is very much against now the those self-deprecating jokes because he doesn't like the idea of shitting on yourself, which I totally understand that aspect of it, too. So you walk, you have to walk a fine line of like, yeah. you know, being in on the joke, but then also you, like. Dude. Not totally shitting on yourself. Well, I will be honest. When I watched your Conan, I felt a little twinge of that, meaning mm-hmm. more like not that it's bad or wrong. And I don't think most people would see it this way. But I was like, I want to. I wanted to ask you if it's you, 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 if like, I was okay, if you were okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that and you do seem okay, yeah. But and if there's like five jokes in a row, that's like I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm a piece of shit. You want the comic to have a win, and yeah. I've learned that now. You know that I think that's. Conan set was maybe 2015. Okay, so I think I I think I've evolved to getting giving the audience victories, right? To let them know I'm okay, right? And yeah. I, and it, and it <laughs> does uh, that does uh, and someone who Mike Lawrence who wrote on your show he mm-hmm. pointed that out to me once of uh, we'll talk about stand up and he'll you know he said make make sure you give the audience a victory make sure that you would know that yeah he's very Mm self-deprecating and then i think he figured that out that like yeah like they want like you announcing that you're engaged i have to imagine yeah it's like a wonderful moment especially if you're making jokes about like Mm -hmm. no one wants to kidnap me there is like an underlying like nobody wants me there (laughs) yeah and then you're like i'm engaged people like we're like oh she yeah she she figured it out she got her her stuff together right. we've been engaged over a year now and i've not made any plans towards the wedding um that's a whole is that uh, on you is that the it, i mean i guess it's sort of an equal yeah uh footing like but but she moved to la for me 
So LA is more, I guess, of, I mean, she's been Home here two church. and a half years, so she loves it, yeah. but also she, all her friends are in Chicago. So I would have to, I guess, sort of lead the charge yeah, no, I, for it being I, I think in LA. That means you in the, in the one yeah. to, do it, to make it happen. So I thought, I, although, yeah, a lot of that Val moved from out of, she was uh, in California, but is still mm-hmm. far away. And so I felt uh, a co-authorship of our wedding. Really? Because it was going to be a lot of my friends. A lot of right. my friends became her friends. You got married in LA? We got married. It was like, yeah, somewhere. You're like somewhere in this vicinity. I forget what it's called. It's called like Samora Martin. Okay. Like, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it was like an hour. Away. How long did she live here before you guys got married? I think it was four years, three, four years. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. you get you gave it a minute. I mean, because I wanted well, we to We went give from it a long minute. distance to living together. Did you? Same. Well, yeah. I'm a lesbian. I know. <laughs> you know what's up. I, I am similar in the lesbian stereotype yeah. of like, I, I go in and I go in hard. And didn't we talk about that? I think so. Yeah, it, which, it at that point, familiar. my I think Valid maybe moved in with you. It was probably around that but time. It was early on in my relationship. Yeah. Um, and you were super excited. Yeah, I was very excited. And, you know, it. it it is hard when it's a long distance relationship to say like, Hey, move your life here for me, Yeah, but I'm not going to go all in. You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you kind of all almost have to know that if they're going to make that leap, that you're going to go the distance. Well, that's interesting. Don't you think a little, I don't know. When you say I, that, I, I, didn't I necess- completely agree, but yeah. I don't remember we could get Val in here and ask. I don't, I don't think remember. I necessarily was like, Oh, we're going to, we didn't get engaged right away. Yeah. I wanted her to move. Hear, know that she liked it, and then we would but go down also, that road. Well, that's a leading question. I wanted to know that we were good living partners. Yes, that too. So that's a part of it as well. And then we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leap of faith was like we hadn't lived together, and we went right to living yeah, together. Exactly. But it was um, uh-oh, cutesy alert. It was effortless <laughs> and wonderful. Cutesy. Ring the cutesy bell. The same here. We yeah. never. The moving in process was very stress free. Yeah, and and blending. I have none of that. Like the engagement year is the hardest year. Yeah, or look out for this one. If you can get through that, you'll be fine in your marriage. <laughs> like I've been at weddings where the sermon includes how difficult the last year yeah. had been for the couple. Oh wow! And they're like, and in the vows are like, but if we can get through that, I'm like. <laughs> Jesus You're like, Christ. don't do it. You're with I the know. wrong person. I have an objection now. <laughs> Not that every relationship needs to be conflict free, right. but if you, you and I are two guiding stars in this in the starry night of for sailors. Mm-hmm. Now, or what I'm th- saying is, maybe we want similar conflict levels in our lives. I knew that I wanted. <laughs> I knew I wanted peace. Some people don't. Some people. Some people need don't. chaos. It depends on their family. Yeah, I had chaos growing up. I had chaos growing, and up. I didn't want it. Fuck that shit. I said, and I always fuck said, that shit. Fuck what that are you shit. doing? I said to myself after I, I scream at my parents in the eighties. <laughs> now, yeah, they could hear it. We go back to the eighties, and you just hear my adult voice from the ceiling. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Time traveling, Pete voice. Yeah, keep going. I just once I got out of that that time of my life where there was chaos all around me mm. in my family i was like i don't if i can choose not to have that like you didn't know that i'm gonna not choose. have that that's right but yeah. but you i never really thought it was a choice i just thought that's what that, like, that's what life was like were. yeah although my mom and i this is just cutting right to it Get, let's get to it Pete. meaning a therapist would go it's significant but yeah i concede you learn 
like loving patterns and how a relationship mm-hmm. is with your parents. Yeah. And with me, it was with my mom and we got along really well. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was potential uh, for a peaceable relationship. Yeah. And then I had a model for that moving forward. Mm-hmm. Did you get along with one of or both of your parents? Um, I got along really well with my dad growing up and my mom and I had that stereotypical butting heads, mother daughter relationship. That's a stereotype? Yeah, like mothers, you say it, especially yeah. when you're growing up, mothers and daughters fight a lot. And we, I don't know. It, and um, You look to Katie. Kate, uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I need a, fe- a female to weigh in on this. Yeah. Uh, some Katie, don't, do you want to get don't have that. <laughs> She's just dripping sweat in her jeans. <gasps> um, we we had a lot, a very complicated relationship. And but once I moved to LA, it turned out that distance is what we needed. We're va- we're very close now. I but, love it. But we could not get How along back in the day. Chatting on the phone. Chatting on the phone. We talk a couple times a week. Get out of here. Yeah, just I'll occasionally fly her out to a city if I'm doing a show. You're and fun. You know, we'll just have, or I'll go home to North Carolina and hang out with her for a couple of days. So we have a good relationship now, but it was very complicated back in the day. So I sort of associated relationships with like complications. Sure. And I was, I think I was going after like people that had some sort of, like they were one foot in, one foot out kind of people. They, you know, like they, that's what you looked for. Yeah. I didn't realize that. You were mirroring something. Mm -hmm, Because my mom always had like, I, I could get her love and attention up to a point. And then it was Dude. like, you know, so I didn't realize I was mirroring that. Can I say that my mother, and I say this with, with a lot of love, has some jagged edges. Mm-hmm. I would say this if she was in the room. Yeah. She can be difficult mm-hmm. and a little bit hard to please. Really? And a little bit um, blunt. Mm-hmm. She would say, like, I, I, this is in my book, that she would, like, I'd buy a wristwatch uh-huh. at the mall and I'd, I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. And she'd just flat out with no vitriol she uh-huh. wasn't being mean she'd just say it looked gaudy and cheap looking yeah like she'd just be like it looks cheap it looks gaudy <laughs> and you're like joy bubbles just burst <laughs> i thought i could like you remember yeah. your first watch yeah like, i'm a watch guy mine was a fossil i was like yes you were doing it, it. looks like oil in the rain hilarious fun yeah and then i noticed that Sometimes in some of my romantic relationships and then also in some of my friendships, Mm -hmm. I was looking for a sour flavor Mm. to cut into my joy bubble, as you just said, because that that was normal to me. Right. I was like, you can't just go around like, la, 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 (laughs) and have someone just join you like, la, 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 like and harmonize. Yeah. I thought you needed someone to go like, what are you doing? Like, you're off key. Exactly. (laughs) Uh Exactly. Yeah. Fuck, what are you singing about? And I got that a little bit from... Other people in my family, not just my mother. Uh-huh. And then I was doing that for many years. Yeah. And then it sounds like you and I had a similar moment where mm-hmm. you were like, wait, you can totally find someone yeah. that you don't have to say in your vows. Shit, the last year has been nuts. But mm-hmm. If we got through that, we can do anything. Yeah. You're like, you you can... You can uh, build the hotel for your love in your in your inner space. Yeah, and you can say there's a, it's a big hotel or it's sure. a small little shack. I met my now partner and she MP. she wanted like within a month to commit, and I was like, wait, what? Like I was just so used to women being like, oh, we'll date, but 
they left their options open, you yeah. know? And she was just like all in. And she's yeah. like, yeah. And I'm what like, what did she love what? about you? Just say it. Just talk about it. Just <laughs> oh, say, God, how did this, you wow her? This body. She just loved this <laughs> well, body. Well, she must, right? I, I mean, mean I, gu- I guess she at least tolerates it. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> Isn't it fun? No, I, I think that we are, we are very stereotypical lesbians in that we are like best friends. We do a lot together. She's my best friend. <laughs> She's my best friend. <laughs> It's so true. It's but a six month callback. I know. We haven't done that bit for six months, <laughs> and we just called it that. Um, I think that a part of it is that she moved here from another place, so it is hard to make friends here, uh, especially when you're older and you're in a relationship. So she's made a couple of really good friends here, but for the most part, we are together a lot. Super chums, and um, we just get along. We laugh a lot. Silly billies. Yeah. So I think she just. I don't know. It just clicked for both of us, and I don't. Is it like the we talk for hours sort of things, or is it more like we don't have to talk? That uh, more like one. we can talk. Sure, but I mean we don't. We're not like those people that are just like for hours we're talking about these deep things and right, go, right. you know. But it is comfortable. We don't have to talk. We can, right. we like similar things. Get excited about the same things. Yeah, and I mean she's definitely like. I mean she's a kindergarten teacher right now. She's Fun. subbing, but this whole stand up comedy. You we don't know. We're on Sorry, the f- I jumped no, ahead. No, we're on the fence about that. I was wondering if that was... She'd be amazing. Because Val taught junior high. And mm-hmm. there's a part, we have a baby now. Yeah. I, if she was sleeping or you would have met her. How's that going? It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, and, and there's part of me that's like, you kind of get these little... Well, I guess what I was wondering is if it was nice for you when you're like, oh, you're good with kids. Oh, she'd be like the best mom in the world. Yeah. It's and, just a matter of like, do we want that? life or do we want to travel <laughs> right know? i don't know i mean right. I, they say you can do it all can you i you know what <laughs> i like, have well, a bed right now where i'm like people are like uh go out now when yeah. Val was pregnant they were like go out now uh, before you have the baby uh-huh. and i was like what you don't know is i can't wait to have the baby to use it as an excuse <laughs> to never go out again that's i use my dogs as that excuse Dude, that's, i was using the dog as uh-huh. well and the baby's even better and you're like the babysitter's dead yeah Sorry, the babysitter <laughs> died and we're actually having a ser- service at our house uh forever <laughs> are for you her. a homebody you think i just i i like hanging out with val uh-huh. we're similar in that way we yeah. might go out but we're not um we have certain groups, certain couples, certain mm-hmm. people that we share, and we're very close with them. Yeah. We'll see a lot of the same people over and over. Mm-hmm. So we have friends in an outside life. Yeah. But we also kind of like just you being like together. You like your thing, we yeah. like our thing. But it's not just like binging movies and right. stuff. We'll hang out and go on walks or go to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ding-a-ling. Ring the cutesy bell. So, <laughs> we're, we're all cutesy this episode. I know. The, sec- the, the part of the bit that I haven't tried is what they should have said is watch Abducted in Plain Sight now. <laughs> oh, my God. Watch would anything you, that involves like children. Which you would never do the you things can't that know. that parent Mystic River did. is off my DVR. Yeah. You know, like, you oh, know my I mean? God. Like, you just can't. No. But that... that's a real thing. Like, watch uh, Handmaid's Tale now. Uh-huh. Because anything about, like, babies and children. It'll gut you. Any any parent. That's a real. That's the truest stereotype that was told mm-hmm. to me. That's the truest one. Yeah. It's not that you'll understand your parents more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to be so much gentler to your yeah, parents. You're still like, like, what the no. hell are my parents thinking? <laughs> it's not that one. It's you can't watch things. People go like, you should watch. What was that Sandra Bullock 
blind movie, Bird oh, Box. Oh, yeah, Bird Box. And then someone was like, don't watch Bird Box. Uh-huh. And then they're like, watch Ro- wait, don't watch Roma. Like, mm-hmm. people would tell me all these things. Yeah. And they're right. We hate it. Just it that does. protective thing. It's that, just yeah. too, sensitive, mm-hmm. too sensitive. But it is the best. I just don't give a shit. I mean, like, uh-huh. I've traveled enough. Right. And I, I wanted this. But I knew I wanted it. Yeah. I so think that helps. Of, that's what I mean. If you're Some feeling like, know. I want to see Rome. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about Rome. I, I want to hang me, out with my baby. Maybe for me, it's more of a financial thing. And I, again, everyone says like, you'll never be ready if you're waiting. You know, you have to just do it. But I... But you do, want cash money. Well, I... Not to like keep bringing up my childhood. I'm really digging deep. We're on um, a couch. I... Just we grew up with not much money, and it totally was it. always a struggle. It totally. was never not a struggle. Depravity mindset. Yeah, and there's this like thing in Cross me, like I saw. Mindset? I mean, we would have like the light shut off, and you're like, no shit. Yeah, and you're just like, I don't want. I, the, so I think I'm driven by scarcity. I totally. I don't want to have that. Like again, like you I don't want need peace. me to say this, but that's <sighs> totally valid. Yeah. Like your experience and your and your wound, I was going to mm-hmm. say your damage, but your wound is valid. So yeah. like I grew up in a house of fighting, so it was very important for me to be like I don't want fighting. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I like talking about weed, the baby has a lot to do with me not wanting to eat weed every right. day. I want to be there. And yeah, be present. be present. And that's another like cycle I'm trying to mm-hmm. break. Not that that wasn't super nuts in my household, but enough that yeah. I'm like, fuck that shit. So scarcity is another mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and so if I, I, sorry, what, I just want to really, yeah. I, it's totally normal and I had that as well. Now mm-hmm. that we're talking about it, yeah. I, I was like, I don't want to have a kid if I'm going to be like, and I didn't grow up in scarcity. So yeah. So I think part of whether or not we have kids is that it's like, where, you know, where am I financially? You know, how much money have I saved? Will we right. all be okay? What is your net worth? Um, I know. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, I live a comfortable life, but it's I, not. I to, was kidding. No, I know. But, <laughs> but you can't talk but about But I'm it. like, un- until I know that, like, there is, like, backup, backup. I don't think I'm going to go down that road. I can say for me that, that and I'm I'm not crazy wealthy either, but you get to a point there was a point that I got to where I was like, what I'm saying is you're not chasing a phantom. Right, I right. I think there actually is a point where you go like, you're okay. It is okay. Yeah. Meaning if if I didn't work for uh, whatever, six mm-hmm. months, would still be okay. Yeah. And that that's a nice, uh, that's a very privileged thing mm-hmm. to be able to have. But I bet you could do that as well. I mean, I think I can get to that point. And, you know, I just have this like, this, I want to take care of everybody that I love, you know, so I just want to, I'm like, can I, as long as I can take care of everyone I love and uh, everyone has what they need, then we'll go down that road. Did you not feel safe as a kid if the lights were getting turned off? Oh, I'm going deep. I know. Let's put on our harnesses and spelunk. Um, I just, I just always saw struggle and I just was like, um, I got this like mentality of like, you have to work like five times harder than everybody else. To make sure that the lights stay on. You know what I mean? Is that because your parents weren't doing that? Uh, it's just my mom was a teacher and there were three of us and my parents split and my there just no was siblings. no money. I had two brothers. Two, oh, I mean, three I, of have the kids. Two, three kids. I have two brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, there was three of us. Uh-huh. And, you know, on a te- we basically were living on my mom's teacher salary. Oh, yeah. So three kids on a teacher salary yeah. is not much. So, and, you know, they just so mismanaged dad, money and where stuff. Was, uh, he worked, but he didn't really make 
much money, so yeah. he didn't have he a, a lot to contribute. He was a magician. They don't get paid well. <laughs> and uh, no offense to my dear magician <laughs> friends, I just look. Do you have them. a lot of magicians? I do have friends? some magician friends, but I think it's one of those jobs, like comedian, where you're either making good money or you're not making. Yeah, money. you're you're either uh, what's this face, David. Copperfield. Copperfield's an Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff will do some magic. He made that cheeseburger. He made disappear. his career disappear. Hey, suck it, Hasselhoff. <laughs> hey, they're taking down Hasselhoff. I don't today. think we're supposed to Hasselhoff. No, we sure can't Hasselhoff. That. You're not supposed to. He's doing well in Germany. Um, <laughs> but Some yeah, stand in the darkness. No lie, I would love to talk to David Hasselhoff. Oh, he did I, that show. You that guys would have funny. a great conversation. He he makes fun of himself. Yeah. Yeah, he knows the he's deal. a good sport. He came on Chelsea back in the day and oh yeah, did lo- like dress in a tux and did a dance with a he'll you know he'll he's, do it. He's up for fun. He'll do it. And you know what? I shouldn't make fun of that cheeseburger video because that is a, <laughs> that's film of a rock bottom. I'm sh- yeah, and it sucks that we have it. I like, know. Why did we see it? That I know. That's the world we live in now. I know. It all gets it's a out there. It's a betrayal. Was, it was <laughs> my apologies to the Hoff. <laughs> I started it. I apologize to the yeah, Hoff. Yeah, <laughs> but I okay. So I I defend your honor. I we claim the defense of yes and yeah. I was you were yes just and coming along my ride. I couldn't leave you dangling. I appreciate. I never that. would. No. So your your dad. What was he doing? Um, he worked Whitlin? He he was a whittler of wood he worked as a like a manager at a trucking company or something very that sounds like it's very north carolina decent money uh not really okay and this is very personal by the way no, i apologize it's all good. no i started it let's talk about the feeling though you didn't feel but i didn't feel like um we were okay yeah. i felt and and we always had creditors calling every they called a lot on the weekends. Yeah. There was always this threat looming of losing our house. And Can we, I say that I relate to that too? Even yeah. though we were well off, mm-hmm. I think occasionally, maybe more than occasionally, my dad, who's very ambitious, would bite off more than he oh, could really? chew. Oh, really? And I didn't know it necessarily at the time, but my yeah. mom was like, you don't know this, but we were terrified you were going to get pulled out of school because uh-huh. we went to private school and we yeah. were just like, we're rich. But like <laughs> sometimes, so rich. like especially first generation money, mm-hmm. which is what my dad was because yeah. he grew up basically uh i don't know what he would say but not what not well off mm-hmm. and now he has money and then he he was always kind of spreading it around right my mom was like yeah the the like there'd be a threat of the house being taken away yeah and i think i picked up on it Probably. i was a stressed yeah. out fucking ibs uh-huh. A fart that would kill a stadium oh, no. of Mets fans. Stress farts. Stress farts. Like it wasn't normal. Uh-huh. Like a stressed out kid. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just relating. Like yeah. even though I wasn't lights out. Right. It's not easy being in a house where you're like, what is everybody constantly stressed about? Yeah. Oh, Can you right, pick up money. on that energy for of sure? Of course you do. So I think that. But to the benefit of that being my childhood, it made me hustle. And I don't know. And flow or. What's that? <laughs> yes. And flow? And flow. I hustled and flowed. At a certain age, you start flowing. I I feel like I'm flowing. Menstruation joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I like, hashtag the podcast. I do podcast. like your asides where you explain your joke. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean I'm a good comedian? 
I think it means that you're a thorough comedian. I'm thorough. I don't want no listener left behind. Did he mean a masturbation joke in the in the? And at you're like, sea? I'm gonna pinpoint exactly yes. what I meant. This is a, a leisure podcast. It's not a riddle. I love it. I want everyone in. <laughs> yeah, and want everyone on board. Are we all on the same page now, listeners? <laughs> yes. So you were saying uh, cash, so and it, it made you hustle. So it made me a hustler. So as soon as I, even when you were little, even yeah, I was an overachiever in every aspect. I joined every. I played three sports a year. I was president of field this hockey, club. This softball, soccer, basketball, soccer. tennis. No field hockey. No field. We it wasn't big in my little home, tiny hometown. So you said we didn't soccer, have it. Tennis and and um, basketball. Okay. So you're going for it. Is there it. anything else? Softball. But you were they born. Switched. You were born big. Mm-hmm. So you were a big person playing sports. But I was always athletic and very. Even yeah. uh, in my, I played tennis in college too. Um, and you were good. Yeah, my tennis coach would always. Every coach I had was myst, mystified by me. Really? They were just like, "How?" I was really fast. You can move. I can move. I have a very agile body. And I love it. They would be like, "How do you?" Do the, how do you, you get do to the it? balls? Like, and I don't know. I just have a, a weird body like that. So I was very athletic and very good at sports, yeah. even though I was always bigger. I mean, I, I lost, like, I would go through versions. I would be a skinnier version or a heavier version. Was it an issue? No. I mean, not You in, didn't mind? No. I mean, I just kind of like have. Always, not that you should mind, by the way. Yeah, not, no, that's not me being like, why were you okay? <laughs> why with were that? you okay? But it is exceptional because kids are mean and shitheads. Mm-hmm. I think I use comedy, I use humor, yeah, to deflect any sort of so negativity. You're you using a lot of your pain uh-huh. in very positive ways. Yeah, I've filled. I would use it as a way to filter any negativity. Right. So I just was that kid who made friends with everybody. Oh, and I just popped around all the groups. I never had like a group, Dude, but I popped around all the groups. That's me in high school. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'm friends with this. It's like, them, po- them, it's them. like political. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the goths. <laughs> oh, the goths and the jocks. I, I'm we're making t- an alliance. I'm working out the paperwork yeah. for their alliance. I was always the bridge between the groups me and too. the school. So. And were you artsy as well? Artsy, sportsy? I was sportsy. I did not get. I did not do theater in high school because you had to choose sports or theater. They were all you after school. You couldn't do uh, both. If theater had been a class, I would have totally done it. So I didn't start theater till college. Okay. And um, I was able to do theater because it was it didn't conflict with the tennis. Season. So you were, but you were you were a chuckle monster. Mm-hmm. But not were, no, I didn't know I was a chuckle monster. You were just being funny because it was a it was survival fun like and fun. It was fun. It yeah, was more like, it uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was fun. I didn't even think it was for a reason. I just, that's how I related to people. What was your style? Were you doing impressions of teachers? Were you doing voices? Were you just I would, sarcastic? Were you? I mean, I've always had kind of a dry sense of humor, but I would watch Saturday Night Live on the weekends religiously every mm-hmm, weekend mm-hmm. and basically memorize the, the sketches and go to school on Monday, and like for my tennis team or whoever, I would. Would you tape it or you? Just, I would, yeah, VHS, VHS. <laughs> so I could watch it over and over again. And I would go to school and do like Mary Catherine Gallagher or the cheerleaders. Fun. And so I was basically ripping them off. 
by <laughs> making other start. people laugh. Of course. And, I look uh, back. I used to make audio cassette, like radio plays. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at how we were being funny, it was like, well, that's Weird Al. Like, yeah. This is this. This is this. Like, uh-huh. you could, in fact, uh, I've said this on the podcast before, so I'm curious what you think. When I would go back after being a comedian, I'd go back home mm-hmm. and notice that my funny friends were still ripping they, off really? people. Not just the material, but like their voice. Oh, interesting. I went to a wedding and, and a guy was just doing Jim Gaffigan. Oh. But in life, he was going like, that's that's nasty. Oh, Don't my God. And I was like, Gaffigan? Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah. You like bust, bust. Yeah, no one else would put two and two together. Are you doing Jim Gaffigan yeah. right now? Because Jim uh, Gaffigan wasn't big back then. Right. So it was like weird that he I knew. Could, he, he could was. get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, I would learn like Adam Sandler's the the Lunch Lady Land song, yeah. things like that. Yeah, so Sloppy Joe, you know, slop, slop, sloppy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even know that I had these comedy influences, but they were there. So you do these sketches, mm-hmm. and then that's how you would get laughs. But also, you were naturally funny. I think so. I mean, in junior high, I was very shy. And didn't want people looking at me, or I didn't. I just kind of wanted to blend in. Yeah. And then I think I was running for student government or something. You had to give a speech to the whole school, which seems crazy. Mm-hmm. And still seems kind of crazy. yeah. It's a lot. Have the child address the student <laughs> yeah, body, the entire student Hello. body. The please vote for me. Yeah. And um, I my brother was a lot cooler than me. He was like three years older. He goes, you should, because uh, I was running for treasurer of the student government. Because your name's Fortune? <laughs> I didn't, well, I went by my first, Fortune's my middle name. I went by, uh, growing up, uh, my first name, Emily. Emily? So I didn't even tap into my middle name yet. O-M-Gemily. Uh, so he goes, you should have them play Money by Pink Floyd. And I'm like, who's Pink Floyd? Because I'm eighth of grade course. i'm so dumb yeah and he's like just trust me because it has the you know the much ching 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 and it's like money <laughs> he's like yeah this will be awesome he helped you out so he said play that so i told him to play this pink floyd song as i'm coming up on stage and uh but it didn't fit my personality i was so shy and so, um, this I need, but I know I, I wonder if it's oh. someone has it, but they, you're just kind of meekly walking up. Yeah. Well, well, somebody forgot to press play. And so I'm there. I, I mean, I walked to silence to the podium. <laughs> it's supposed to be playing the whole way. I get to the podium and I'm just like standing around. Because I'm like, they I gotta they gotta play the song. Like right, right, it's part of my right. speech and everything. So finally they play it and everyone's and I'm I'd been sta- standing there for so long in silence that I started like dancing to it and which is so out of character for me at the time. Oh, and the whole damn. school just started like like not laughing at me. They were la- they were like they Yeah, it. they were like so into it and it yeah. was the first time where I was like, Oh my god, this feeling is cool, you know. Right I now, think my it opens something. Karate kicking through boards right now. You know those yeah. boards they hold up. It opens <laughs> something inside of me. I love that story. Yeah. I was so worried. I've never for you. told that story. It's this is story. an exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> that is amazing yeah. story. So it opened up just like being okay with people 
looking at me and being with me on a journey. But for somebody who wanted to blend in, mm-hmm. I say this like the Sklar brothers, for example, get noticed a lot, or get recognized on the street more because people look at twins anyway. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm a mm-hmm. big, tall ogre. People just go like, oh, and that, that's the guy. Uh-huh. But they were just looking at guy. me anyway. What's he doing up there? <laughs> oh. But you don't blend in either. Like, not, like the not, kid no. from Bad Santa is yeah. also just like, you just look at that kid. Yeah. You, not that you look they're just exactly, noticeable. You know what I mean? You're just like, that's a unique person. Yeah. You were a unique person. So I have a dis- funny. I have a distinct look. And you were going against that. You didn't want I it. didn't want that. But your look helped you... People would go like, what about old Emily? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it just, as I grew into me, figuring out me, uh, I just, people sort of looked to me for laughs, for fun, for the the lighthearted thing. They're like, oh, she'll she'll bring the the fun. There's a, I reference this all the time, but in uh, like certain tribes, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, indigenous tribal peoples, they talk about mask rituals. This is in the book Impro. Did you ever read the book I never, Impro? No. Because you were a groundling. I thought maybe it got I know, no. It's, no. No, it's not a shameful thing. But he, <laughs> Keith Johnstone, is, it's not about improv, really. Uh-huh. It's just a very interesting book. Um, he talks about the put on masks. Mm-hmm. And then the essential thing was they'd look in the, uh, their reflection. Yeah. And then they'd start behaving like the mask looks like they should behave. So I think that's really interesting because all of us get up. Yeah. And not only do we look in the mirror, we're also noticing how other people, what are they seeing when they see us? Mm-hmm. And part of our job as comedians is to either go with that or against that. Yeah. You can be like a little tiny person and be like, <laughs> what's up, motherfuckers? That's why it's funny when like uh, right. Natalie Portman does that gangster rap. Yeah, yeah. On SNL, you're going, going against, against it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or we can go with it. So you and yeah, I, I go with it. started going like people look at us, mm-hmm. people like us, tall, big, soft, friendly face. Yeah. To be like, I bet that guy will do a funny dance to Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then it's a beautiful thing when you go like, oh, you've been waiting for me to do this. Yeah, exactly. Because there's this external info, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to flow with it. Yeah. Even though who you really are is just, and I'm just, we're not getting spiritual yet. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you're your awareness, you're your brain, you're yeah. your that's why we love body swap comedies because uh-huh. we're like, imagine if if what you are is in another thing. Yeah, what would that be like? Because we know deep down you're just awareness, right? And then that awareness is figuring out its packaging, mm-hmm. and then it's a powerful thing to go. I'm either going to go with this or against this. Yeah, and that dance you did. It was the first time of going with it. Click. Yeah. Click moment. Click moment, and so it just sort of allowed so it gave me some freedom i guess yeah to just be be okay with being silly did you win i lost (laughs) i lost i wish i had the victory for you but no i lost and got laughs and lost what did the other person do what it was is now that i'm remembering because it has been a long time for some reason, they made us address the entire school Mm -hmm. but only your grade voted on you and the so like all the older because maybe it was like seven all the older kids were like high five of me maybe they had a sense of I don't know they got it and that, that you achieved yeah that I achieved something yeah. cool but the maybe my age people were like oh her song messed up you I don't killed, know you killed with the back of the room yeah so yeah. I think that what did the other kid do 
I Let's don't, talk I don't about even fiscal remember. responsibility. They probably were just more popular than yeah, me. You know, right. sometimes you just can't get over that hump. And he promised a very fine dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> they made a lot of in promises. In the lunchroom. I was like, I don't have a plan. I just want to be in the student government. You are making me remember my roommate in college won because he did like a science experiment. Mm-hmm. He, he was very smart. He leaned into like, he loved science. So he yeah. did something where like two things reacted and he was like, this is me <laughs> and this explosion. is the student body. And yeah, uh-huh. he made like a volcanic, volcanic explosion yeah. basically. But then I also remember this kid, it broke my heart. It was so uncomfortable. He went up and he didn't have anything prepared. Mm-hmm. But it was this kid that was always very lax. Uh-huh. Very like, he didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. He almost like didn't have much of a presence on campus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Except he seemed like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And then he was running for student body president, <laughs> which was weird. And then he was wearing a suit, which was really weird. Yeah. And the suit seemed to be the end of how much he thought about it. Mm. And he got up and he just, I, I still remember he was like, I don't have a speech pre- prepared because I just want to speak from my heart. And but then he didn't have anything to oh, say. No. And he just sputtered and sweated through yeah. the suit. And we were all just were like... I we, can't believe he wanted to even do that. What is that instinct? I don't know where you're just like, I'm going to go for it. I mean, kudos to yeah. anyone who just goes for you it. You know, what I would say it is, is like, I can sometimes get manic. Mm-hmm. And maybe he decided in a fit of mania. Mm. But then you really hope that your mania shows up. Right. And you have to follow through. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. His mania did not vote for him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, thing. this was a good idea yesterday. Yeah. When I, I had like <laughs> a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. like and, and a bagel and, yeah. and a scone. And I really thought I could do it. And today I was too nervous to eat. And now I'm sweating. Those moments are terrifying. That's what we do as comedians, right? I mean, like you try mm-hmm. and figure out how you can be in a good mood at eight o'clock on I know. Thursday. Oh my god, I've had perverse. I've had sets before where like I I got sort of dumped once when I was on a uh, stage. What do you mean? I did, <laughs> I was Wait, dating what? I was dating someone who basically was like waiting to hear if she got a job in another air like another uh, city. Mm-hmm. And it basically, it kind of was decided that if she got that job, she didn't want to keep dating. <laughs> Again, I told, you, told you, I was one like foot one foot in, one foot out. Wow! And it was kind of, kind of like, oh, I this is a big job. I don't wouldn't really like. I would want to focus on that. And so, you know, I think there was a part of me that hoped she didn't get the job. Of course. And I was on stage, and I at the time I had a bit where I read a text from my mom on my phone. And I was actually using my real phone, so I get. To, I'm, I think I'm only like 20 minutes this into an the, hour set. The pilot of I, the four G yeah, show. I I get my phone out to do the bit, and I all I see immediately the text from her. I got the job, which meant it's the over. end of the relationship, and it was like a sucker punch, and I had to stand up there for another 40 minutes and be happy and fun and light. You didn't tell him. Ooh, no, I didn't would tell him. Would you now? I probably would now. I probably yeah. would say, oh, man, I just got, got dumped. Yeah. And would explain it takes the, a the ridiculousness time. of it all weighing in on this job. Right. You know, I would laugh at, like, can you believe it? This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? It takes a long time to realize that sometimes just sharing your reality, mm-hmm. even if it's a horrible one, 
could be very funny. Yeah. I mean, that's what Tig did. She gets diagnosed. I know, right? Yeah. And then she goes out. And, and I've seen other examples of that. Mm-hmm. But when the, the amateur comedian, something happens in their show mm-hmm. and they ignore it, the pro will go, whatever happens in the show will be prioritized above my right. material yeah but i i totally would have done the same thing yeah I in fact I, I was making a set once and i went <laughs> i said like cream or something uh-huh. I said like a sound and a huge i was making a tape yeah and it was going great and a huge loogie came oh, out no. and went on my hand uh-huh. and i was just looking at it and i was like and i ignored it you did yeah and i spent the whole set with basically a mouth slug crawling up oh, my arm no and of course now i would go you got to talk. Yeah, about. you would. That would be gold for you now. It would be a wonderful thing. It would be great. We talk about how it's weird that we're just bags of fluid. <laughs> this is it. Like I'm that up is, here. You're just dying to come out of your body yes. at any unexpected moment. We're so yeah. feeble. But I you know. You got dumb. That's terrible. Yeah. So you just kind of like with comedy, you just either, like you said, at this point, you would just talk about it. But then I was just like, you got to get. Through the next 40 minutes. Yeah, totally. Do you have a way that you get into a Fortune Fumestry space leading up to a show? Or is it... How how long have you been doing it? Um, 2007, I started stand-up. But I started comedy. 2004. Okay. Um, I think we stopped harping on that. I used to be very scientific about... The number? Not the number. Just like the meal or or how much coffee or this or that. Yeah. And now... I used to only. I don't really drink coffee. When people like my joke, I don't drink coffee. I run on anxiety, and that's true <laughs> uh-huh. for the most part. But if I am going to drink coffee, I'll do it before a set or yeah. a performance or something, especially if I'm tired. Mm-hmm. And now to say fuck you to that part of me that wants to control myself, right? I'll drink coffee in the morning. Just yeah. like no, I'm not going to worry. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be ready. It's a yeah. way of like believing in myself. Yeah. Whereas before the first. 10 years of my comedy, I would have been like very obsessed with how to be my ultimate self Yeah, at that time. And now mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm very lax. Uh, my fiance laughs at me. She's just like, you just like, we'll be mid conversation with someone and then go out on the stage. And do it. I, uh, I'm, but now I'm trying to, in this new hour, get a little more grounded before I go out, you know, because it's, it's more emotional. It's more. I mean, nothing about it's deep in that way. It's I'm not doing like a Hannah Gatsby type set. Yeah, you better um, do a Gatsby. Your yeah. manager calls like, look, get the that future Gatsby is here. Set. You got to go to Gatsby. No, I. She's um, really the great Gatsby, though. She's the great one. You can't really, <laughs> you know, can't really uh, emulate that. But um, I'm just trying to be a little bit more grounded. And because I would just kind of be like, I'd be like eating nachos, talking to people backstage, and yeah. then boop on stage. Right. Where now I'm just trying to be like, okay, at least take like three minutes, maybe five, by yourself in the hallway. Think about your set list. Yeah. Think about your transitions and mm-hmm. just get get focused and then go out. Don't just like. Are you just thinking about the words or is it like. A I'm thinking big more of the bullet points okay yeah so you can flow and not worry about Mm -hmm. it and what is what is the what is the new style going for um it is telling a story from literally the beginning about how you're quitting comedy yeah and uh it's birth (laughs) through now it's a very really um, linear 
this happened and this happened. And I've never done it like that. Mm. It is all in succession of timeline that actually happened. Right. But and it's still stand up. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's it's more story based, but with pun- punch lines. Right. Um, but you're not taking the content as a license to have a moment where you're like, and there's no joke here. I just no, wanted to no. tell you. It's all f- meant to be funny. I miss my dog. <laughs> yeah. And then my dog died. I no. really miss my dog. No, it's there's not there's no like woman pondering moments yeah. of it. I mean, if you were to go home from it, you can think, oh, that. I mean, she told a story. Uh, it really was in the overall theme of f- figuring out who you are, finding yourself, fitting yeah. in. There are themes to it right. for sure. Is the is the first one? Well, what are they? I'm assuming your sexuality is addressed. Um, yeah, like Cause, mi- mi- well, because that is part of the journey. Is that I grew up in the South and didn't know I was lesbian for a very long time and what that was like. When did you know? At tw- I didn't come out till I was 25. But when did you know? Probably, I mean, probably looking back, I knew very early on, but I really did stuff it deep down. What was that memory? Um, just knowing that something was different. I knew some. I knew I felt too much for friends, but I didn't know why. Even young. Even young. I mean, I like sobbed once in like junior high when a girl told everyone she was moving to, a, and I'm like, my mom's just like, why are you sobbing? I didn't uh-huh. know I had probably had feelings for her right but i didn't know what that was i just thought i was really sad that a friend was moving right especially with girls i feel like it gets a little ambiguous Mm -hmm. because they're known or thought to be more emotional yeah a closer very close female friend like do you Mm -hmm. watch pen 15 i haven't but i've heard it's great i love it it's my favorite new show yeah and they're super close in fact i I really want to have both of them on Uh and there's many moments where it looks like they're gonna kiss really and I'm like, I wonder, and I imagine that they did study junior high girls and how they are. Uh-huh. And if junior high girls just look, um, like if grownups were doing that, yeah. it would look like they were about to kiss. They, right. just, they just stare at each other uh-huh. and love each other. Yeah. And, and it's very honest. This one, it's like, yeah. There's an honesty to that type of love that mm-hmm. is so beautiful. But I think that might smokescreen maybe if, if your you are sexuality. gay... In, internally even if you don't know it it's confusing because yeah. i would have i had a lot of really close friends who were girls some that i can look back and see oh i had a crush on them and some i genuinely didn't but there was a closeness you're like rubbing each other's arms and you're like braiding each other's hair you're yeah. sleeping in the same bed yeah but if you have an internal thing towards women that you don't there is something there that it means more to you right then right. to them they're just like oh i'm just scratching my friend's arm right to me i'm like oh this feels good you right. know but you don't know what that is right and was it did it demonstrate itself in not interest in boys was um, the inverse true i mean boys and i just never had I do think there is something to be said about pheromones and what you, your body's putting out something that you don't even realize, you know, boys and I never had that. We never had that thing, that connection in that way. There was never a sexual thing. I can understand because male pheromones mm-hmm. and male energy, you know, because I'm a straight person yeah. is not, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what you're saying makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I've never been attracted to yeah. boy smell. Not that all boys right. smell the same, <laughs> right. but I was never... It does nothing for But you. girl smell, yeah. it's like, it, that's like one of the most base things for mm-hmm. me where I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so boys that's, and I would immediately like high five, you know? 
You just went. We just the- immediately went friendship. Yeah, because we're. I'm putting out a thing that they're putting out a thing that neither of us are, you know, into. But you don't really know. Right, you don't really right. know that. So you just assume boys don't like you. Right. In that way. Right. I was. I would be friends with all the boys. So you had that going on in the mm-hmm. same way that I, I might have been, although I was friends with all girls. Yeah, but you, <laughs> as a gay person growing up, you're just used to not being the object of anyone's affection. Oh, wow. Well. So, and you don't, and you don't know that you're being told no from a very early age so it does there are, i've seen gay people really struggle with it even now that's There's a lot of a lot of self, rejection self-esteem it really affects your self-esteem but i'm i'm very lucky that i don't know somehow i i think i my grandmother had a big influence on she just always just gave me some unconditional thing that helped carry me through really? it gave me some sort of sense of self in a way that I, I i'm very lucky that she gave me that was it just pure unconditional or do mm-hmm. you it's maybe an obvious question do you think she had a sense that maybe you were gay i, don't, I don't really know important? i don't know she died when i was 18 so it was before i even was like coming into i mean i didn't come out i was 25 but right. certainly before college maybe she picked up on something but it was more of just from a complete like whatever she got me yeah. before i got me she wanted to name me she was the one who wanted my name to be fortune uh it was her mother's maiden name oh wow and um she and i just think she just saw something in me from day one that i i don't know like she's got me and but you uh, felt that. I, and it balanced I felt out all the, it. Yeah. I'm not getting got. It, without her, I would not have an ounce of the self esteem I have. She just built me up, but not in a way where you kids are built up in a like, you're perfect. You're great. Right. Nothing you do is bad. Right. It was just a like, I love you. And I'm, and she like walked the walk and talked the talk. Talk vice yeah, versa talk to talk walk walk yeah. where i just knew she had my back she loved me did that I'm good come out in specific ways um i we spent a lot of time together like while my parents were working um she was usually the one picking me up from school taking me to school yeah. um mm-hmm. i would go to her house after school after practice um because she literally lived just around the corner so she was like a mom was there times you were in trouble though and she was more of your confidant oh yeah i remember my mom would get upset with me about something and i would run to the end of the street and i could see my grandmother's house from down the way and i just kept willing her to come outside because you know this was four cell phones I get willing her to come outside to save, like I'm about to get spanked. I have, because I knew she would protect me. Oh, from did it ever work? No, she never. I mean, no. I usually get the spanking, but um, <laughs> she, you know, she just was my like safe place. I guess. What were you getting in trouble for? I mean, s- typical kid Acting stuff. A fool. Yeah, talking back. But it wasn't Being a like sass mouth. smoking and No, I was always drugs. very responsible. Yeah. <laughs> I was such a nerd. I wish I... Are I have like glad? no oh, rebellion. Are you glad you were? I'm glad. Yeah. I, when people talk about getting into trouble, mm-hmm. like I'm glad I stayed out of trouble. Yeah. Like it really does feel like a space that once I had crossed that membrane, yeah. I would have been like... 
I don't know what would have happened. Well, that's but I was the thing. afraid. I guess I'm still yeah. afraid of what what would have happened. I mean, today. that's the thing. If we had been more rebellious, where would that have led us? Would we know. be here? I'm not sure. Isn't it weird that a responsible child ended up in so, uh, something that a could, rebellious like, profession? Yeah, it's it's yeah. The, like a lot of our coworkers are the people that are like nobody's gonna tell Johnny what uh-huh. to do, and he's smoking a cigar and yeah. inhaling it, and you're like, all right, Johnny, <laughs> I got here. I'm dude. all like, Johnny, it's smell. Put yeah. that out. Ow, God. I still have a retainer on the, my bottom teeth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I do what grown-ups told me to do. Yeah, that's my that's the name of my show, Rule Follower. Really? Right now. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Oh, that's the name of your uh, hour? This hour, yeah. You name your hours? I never have, but this one I have. Is it the name of a tour? It will, Yeah, the name of the tour, oh, Rule Follower. The Rule Because it goes against all of... Comedian, who comedians are. Wow. But that's, I mean, we're very similar in that way. I've just always been responsible. I've always thought about consequences. Yeah. I've always thought about, you know, what is the right thing to do? Wow. And Where'd that come from? I don't, I don't know. You just wanted people to get along. My mom said that even like a, as like early as like five, she said I would always like eat, crossing a street. She said I'd look both ways and look again. I'd look some more like I just was always cautious. Wow. So I guess that's just something that is inherent, maybe. I still think born big is good. You should <laughs> born, consider born big. Born big. Rule follower. I, I'm just offering you criticism. You, <laughs> no, let's, you did not ask for it. I Rule follower it. is not. You don't want to see that show. It doesn't, it doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. Born big, though, I, it, that's up to you if you because it sounds like a fat joke. Right. I don't know if you want to do that. I like it because it sounds like. You were just born big, uh-huh. like a star. But it also is it, funny. Most people would take it as just of fat. <laughs> it would sound like Gabriel Iglesias born But you're big. so sweet yeah. that you were like... Well, I, I would see it as, oh, she's addressing that. Yeah. But also, to me, I, I see it from yeah. a sweet place. You're right. It's interchangeable <laughs> with any yeah. like heavier person right. could be born big. Yeah. But born big. It's always trying to find positive that... positive to me. It's trying to find... You know, there's that balance of like, I never... Wanted to be that person that was like always talking about weight or gay, but yeah, I know. you know it. It does. That's why I under. I there are themes understand. that come because I because my standup is so personal and it's so much storytelling. It's hard to avoid those certain topics, you know, because they are big parts of who I am. Yeah. I'm now I love titles. Well, if you if you could titles. come up if with an, a new one, I would appreciate it. I'm like obedient. Obedient sounds like. <laughs> Dane Cook, yeah. obedient, <laughs> or it sounds like sexual, or something. yeah. But it, rule followers not bad. It's not, and listen, it's not set in stone. I just love talking about titles, but it can change at any moment. It's what I'm trying to get gear up for the special, whatever, because right. you're supposed to name the special, right? No, so if I, you come up with a better name, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. To titles are tough for me. What's also synonymous with o- obedient, though? I don't know. What are the sentences? You don't want to be the brown noser. Brown no. nose tour. I still, I think Born Big's really good. <laughs> I would wear, wear a t-shirt that said Born, Born Big. Born Big. But you're right. I, I, I understand that you have different um, baggage with that. Yeah. You're you're right. I appreciate when you did, seeing it from my side. Yeah. I, I'm, if you want someone to give you permission to feel how you feel that you didn't ask them to, come on this podcast. Pete's the best. I'll, I'll be here and just be like, 
I validate how I you feel. I validate Even that. though you already felt fine about it, <laughs> I think it's okay. So you came out 25. So uh-huh. when did your... Uh, I'm just interested because everybody's job is to figure out who they are. Right. So I'm a little bit guilty of when I have gay people on the show. Uh-huh. I love hearing the story of them coming out. Yeah. Because it's a... Just like uh, how gay people are better often at communicating sexually because it's not as bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to fuck you like, right. with my dick and your vagina. And that's what we see in movies. And we just do <laughs> uh-huh. that. So they learn how to talk and communicate. Uh, so right. they often have better sex. Uh, but there's also... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but there's also... You have to learn how to be brave and know yourself and mm-hmm. take a inventory of yourself. And that's yeah. what we all have to do. Yeah. So with that in mind, I'm curious about how you came out. So when did you realize... More than just more than a feeling. <laughs> um, more than a feeling. I moved to LA, and I knew it. The Devil's Town. The Devil's Town. That's where all the gays are. That's the place. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you just love it. That's the place, <laughs> That's the place man. man. That's the place. I think part of it's also what time period you're growing up in and where you grew up. It definitely influences mm-hmm. all of this. I grew up in a time. Where the internet was just kind of doing starting this thing. Yep. The end of you know the internet's by right. <laughs> yes. The internet is definitely by. It's gender fluid. <laughs> it is gender. Oh, it is. Uh, it then I don't even know. It, it is the them. most progressive yes. thing that's ever existed. It is. It's very open. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it loves everything. It was only coming around like my senior year of high school and college. Like there was no YouTube till I was. You know, I think YouTube was like you're not going to see that it gets better. Yeah, clips. there was just no, yeah. there was no Will and Grace. There was yeah. no, I didn't see examples. It really, and that is important. You, everybody, regardless of sexuality, race, if you're not everything, you got to see yourself. Yes, it's a, it makes the a internet, huge difference. The internet, yeah. Shout out to you. The Shout internet. out, and it 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 show it it opens something in you it's, it, you you like can see something and go oh that i'm feeling that oh i'm that it mm-hmm. it validates these mm-hmm. things that you don't know what they are so, <sighs> but we didn't have that and Isn't also it be- that's, that's it's just beautiful that if you let people talk mm-hmm. you'll see that the voices of the majority quote unquote yeah. aren't necessarily how humanity feels. Yeah, I you mean, you know what I'm saying. I, it's I like think you do. It's very basic what I just said. <laughs> I'm sure it's how like people felt when Obama got elected. If totally. you were African American, that was a big deal for right, you. It's, right. These things matter to people when Absolutely. you see yourself out there. Right. And um, so we didn't have. I didn't have that. And then also the people in my hometown who are, I was like a hundred percent sure they were gay were usually it was like some very gay man. He usually had a wife. And you were like, oh, wait no. a second, that doesn't add up, you oh, know? Like, no. I know that I'm pretty sure you're gay. Yeah. This doesn't seem... So I was seeing, even... Ex- I didn't realize it, but those were, that was showing me right. that they were hiding that part of themselves. They were trying to run away from that part of themselves. Right. So, and then I, uh, like you, had, I grew up in a church. I went... It wasn't like the super intense it was methodist but still there was that sense of like you know you gotta do the right thing be the you know find a husband do this right. it's all like a path fall in line yeah so then i got to la and i started seeing gay people which was huge for me you think it and out because i went to a small women's college so it was a it was almost its own like bubble where i just i didn't even see a lot of men and women interacting 
except for when we went to parties and stuff. But it was just, I was just going to school. It was like a big sorority for four years. It, 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 correct, help me correct potential ignorance. I'm sure. like all girls school. I'm like, you had to be tons of lesbians. You would think that. Yeah, help me out. But not at my school. <laughs> it was so weird. I picked, I picked the one women's college where there was legit not any out people. It was a, um, I loved my school, but it was like five minutes from NC State, which is a huge engineering school, Okay, which is predominantly male. Like 70% male at mm-hmm. that call, or at least was back then. So that attracted a certain... So it attracted a lot of straight women wanting to meet dances an engineer. The <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it was, it really was like all, a lot of the girls were like, I'm going to find my husband at NC State. Wow. And so... My college was like, they called the MRS degree. Yeah. You get married. That yeah, they just wanted to marry a Christian boy, mm-hmm. and they did. And yeah, I was a Presbyterian school, and then he made a TV show. Everything's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> everything's fine. Um, uh, go, keep going. It was this school was Presbyterian? Presbyterian, yeah. Okay, and um, there so there was like one girl who was out, and she got really like there was a. A, a person on staff who really gave her a hard time. She ended up transferring after a year. So it, even oh, seeing no. that made me be like, "Oh, I, I, I knew something." What did that look like? Nicknames and just I, like she always, you know, she'd get in trouble for like going to the dance with another girl, and they would like give her talkings to, you know, talkings to. And they would have a talking to her, and so it, mm. I like, and I happened to be passing by never told anybody this either i happened to be passing by the office of this person chewing that girl out and i heard it was on a weekend because it was a very small school and that that person was chewing this girl out for basically being a lesbian saying that it was bad like what she was doing and she was breaking all these rules and um biblical rules or school rules it's more school rules because there's that whole thing of like you couldn't have men spend the night because it was a very uh strict school Mm mm-hmm but she had, since she was a lesbian, people were complaining that she she and her RA, I think, had gotten together. Oh. And they were sleeping in the same room. And so, understandably, the other girls who couldn't have their boyfriends in the night were not happy about it. And a little jelly. And a little jelly. So it became a thing. So yeah. this person on staff was chewing her out. And it freaked, and I think, internally... Is this something. the first flashback in the Forchy Femsty pilot? It might be. Yeah. Oh my god! I it's remember traumatic. being it's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like she's getting reprimanded for being gay. Wow! Turns out, cut to this person that was reprimanding her ended up being a closeted lesbian. It's always the case. Yeah. So it's that internal homophobia, of course. But I just saw her getting in trouble. She was just for- yelling like, "You're out there, yeah. licking on delicious <laughs> pussies," and I'm over here married to a guy at Office Max. <laughs> those beautiful breasts! <laughs> How dare you sculpt those beautiful breasts? Yeah, it's a real homo internal. Yeah, of course, it hom- is. Like closeted homosexuals can be the most homophobic than anyone you'll ever meet why else would you care that much yeah exactly we so only beat up ourselves i just saw that and i was like oh i think something clicked in my head like don't do don't be that person yeah. being the rule follower that i was yeah so um it's grown on me yeah so i got <laughs> out title. To, i got to <laughs> see thank you Rule follower if you saw the whole hour you might like the title more not 
but, just want it to rhyme or something. I know. You're like, I cool just need with some alliteration. Or something. Um, I'll work on it. I'll find something. Um, but then I got to LA and all of a sudden people were gay, holding hands. No one cared. No one thought twice. And it kind of made me be like, oh, okay. I just sort of took stock of that. So you like unlock the top lock. Yeah. The, the to- doorness exactly. on your Exactly. Yeah. You unlock the deadbolt. Mm-hmm. The knob is still locked. The knob is still locked, but it it's was. It's kickable now. Yeah. And it just, it took about two years of living in Oh, no, about a year and a half. And then it just, I just started to slowly. Where were you when you went? Yep. Um, I, well, I watched the first season of The L Word mm-hmm. and it made me feel things. What is The L Word? It, you don't know what the L word no, is? I'm kidding. Okay. It's lesbian. It's lesbian. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, I had never, again, representations, real important. What about Elon, the Ellen word? El- Ellen the DeGeneres? Ellen the DeGeneres was coming out on primetime in like 95 or something. Yeah, but it but she like came out and then like her lost her job and then she disappeared right. for like three right. years. So She's, she still did it. It was another example of like getting yelled at. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Mm. And I uh, forgot about that part, yeah. which is kind of. I hope that the well, no, it sucks that what happened. She talked about that in her special. Yeah, she got she got everybody back. She's like a bazillionaire now, so she yeah. she owns this house. <laughs> yeah, she owns everyone's house. Yeah, she we rent from Ellen. <laughs> she uh yeah she came out on top, yeah. and I just I saw this L word, and I it was the first time I had seen like lesbians like in a community having friends going to get coffee like dating and and i was like oh my and then they were all like boinking each other which was a fun byproduct was that on a dirty channel showtime okay (laughs) dirty for me so we're seeing and i was like oh my god it was like and they were hot that helped anyways hot people help you come out (laughs) yeah if we could get hot people behind like gun control (laughs) just like some really beautiful people we could get some legislation i hate hate guns and they're like ripped yeah the girl from uh the girls from blue is the warmest color (laughs) and then they turn to camera guns are bad bad. who wants to make it we need reasonable laws (laughs) and then the hot people get things done yeah sure so yeah, that unlocked the doors, and then I. Uh, this is back when Craigslist was popular. I they had like um sort of a dating part of it, like uh-huh. um, but you didn't have pictures, so it was you were kind of gambling, uh-huh. where you would kind of meet people online. And I went on a couple of blind dates, and none of your the, first lesbian date, yeah, was a Craigslist blind date. Yes, I had three of them, and all were awful. Were these daytime dates? <laughs> like I'm so afraid One was of a day. List. One was I know. Well, this was before that guy murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, and ruined it for everyone. Right. And I one was like coffee. I was awkward at all of them, but all of all of the people were totally wrong for me. Were you open in your profile that you're like, is there lingo for what you were? No, I didn't really say. I didn't say I was like a new lesbian. newly newly new lesbo. Newly there should be like an acronym. Like <laughs> yeah. N-O, N-O, I'm an NL. I'm an NOL, newly out lesbian. <laughs> there should be. W-R- WRF, with, with repressed feelings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could tell as soon as I was like spilling coffee on the t- I was Whoa. very awkward yeah. and weird. <laughs> and then Pink Floyd comes on yeah. and you dance and they're like, she's all right. 
Money. That was so awkward. Yeah. One of the dates, I just like, I was like, you know, after like 30 minutes, I was like, I gotta go by. Like, I scurried out of there. Really? Yeah. I just, it's because it was too much for me. I was kind of nervous even around women. And sure. It just, I finally made some gay friends and that helped me just sort of. Did they set you up or anything? No, they just showed me what it was like to be gay in a weird way. I just like would hang out with them. I would go to like gay bars with them, and it I got to a just... little bit like you were like gay women eat sandwiches. Yeah, like it was. Like, I was yeah. like, explore- you were like a, a straight person that like with stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, you guys brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah. It was almost like I had been living in a bunker of life, and right. like I was finally coming out of it and, and seeing how normal it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was just learning how to be gay. It really is a process. Oh, TBG. And it took me a while to even really start dating. I just wanted After to After you made gay Yeah, it was like a couple years before I'd actually really date. I just kind of, I would go on dates here and there, but nothing serious. I just played a lot of softball. And just let it happen. Played a lot of sports, yeah. 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 I just enjoy the community more. The gay community. The, the gay community. Yeah. I would just like go to prides and functions and just let it i just kind of let myself soak it all up and the family back home i came out to them maybe like six months after i was coming to terms with it and they i'm very lucky to come from a very liberal family and no one ever had a single issue with it my was your grandma still alive she wasn't no Oh, that's right she died when you were 18 Mm -hmm. um my mom was just i think it for my mom, she just didn't want life to be harder for me. Mm-hmm. And I think when, especially back then, like, when you hear that your kid is gay, you, you as a mother, feel, you know, like you would with your kid. You want to protect them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And we've come such a long way in our relationship, and we're really close. And I think she just was like, I don't want life to be harder for you. Right. But I love you. And so it was more of just her, like shifting what she thought my life would be like right. she, they your parents kind of have to change their vision concern mm-hmm. although things are different now like yeah if, if my daughter was gay i wouldn't be like oh no right yeah because the world is different the world's different you would be like oh okay yeah. okay yeah but for them that was a well i think my brothers probably knew my whole life oh, really? they were kind of like yeah duh. that's funny and my dad was just like I love, I love you. I love you. You know, he was just so nervous oh. to be like having a real conversation. Well, weird, I forget uh, one of my gay friends did this show and they were like, or maybe they have a bit where it's just fucking weird that you have to announce your sexuality to your mm-hmm. parents at all. Yeah. Like my mom and dad, well, they're weirdos. So we could have talked about that stuff. We're boundaryless. But uh-huh. like, <laughs> I can understand that it's weird to just be like, Hey, picture me when you think of yeah. me having sex. I know. Picture it like this. I know That's it's a, a weird, very weird. It's unfair thing, and you have to like sit them down and like I gotta tell you something. It's very right. nerve wracking. Like a breakup, but different. Yeah, and some people have very positive experiences, like I did, and some people lose their entire families. Yeah, and my mom's now like a big gay advocate. She's like president of my hometown uh. P flag. No. So she has a lot of people come through that. You and your mom. I know she's like so cute. Isn't that funny? This yeah. thing that could have been is then alchemized into mm-hmm. a bridge. Yeah, that you guys find even deeper love on. Yeah, she I has love the universe she, like that. She's like totally. <laughs> it's not always like that. Yeah, any complicated thing we had growing up, she's very much made up for. She's 
you know, now she's trying, she's like, I want it to be equal for everyone. I want you to have the things that everyone else has. And she's sort of like a surrogate mom to a lot of people, that, you know, in the South, still a little bit behind when it comes to these things. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> and they, no offense, the South. No, no offense. People from the South I love the South. I mean, that's my, I, I visit often. And, um, you know, she just, they, she has people that are like, I haven't talked to my mom in 20 years. She won't talk to me. And seeing you, yeah. like, means so much to me and gives me hope. Mm. And, you know, she's doing a really Carol? great thing. Ginger. 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 She's delight. I get tweets all the time from people meeting her that she's a delight. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, she's just a ball of sunshine. And Ginger's being surrogate pro-gay mom mm-hmm. to some some southern gay women yeah she she and, and her then, group even because you know at uh gay pride parades you are anyone is allowed to protest anywhere you gpp what's that are you down with gay pride i parades? love gay pride parades <laughs> gpp is where it's at people will protest i love gay pride i just I, there's <laughs> who, doesn't? Of, who doesn't they're so well fun. these people well the, the people they, they write protest. like you know you're going to hell like god hates fags those kind of people yeah so her group uh, will write signs of like we love you, we support you, we're parents. We and they will stand in front of those people mm. so that when the gay people walk by in the parade, instead of hearing and seeing people calling fags and that they're going to hell, they see moms gingers. holding gingers holding signs saying we love you. It's really great. I'm doing karate kicks with my heart right now, <laughs> right through three Cutesy. boards. <laughs> Yeah, this is. She's great. She's wow. great. Can I give her, her. Yeah, she. I don't give her enough credit sometimes. Well, she sucks in other ways. <laughs> Let's be honest. She's not always great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's be honest. She Gingy. has got some hangups. You know. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. J.K. Um, where are we on time? We're almost at 1.30. Okay, I'm gonna go pee pee. Yeah. Do you mind? No, go pee pee. <laughs> Sorry to break up your your. Our get yeah. chick fest. I mean it. You really am in great chat now. <laughs> now we missed you. Oh God. Oh good. Thanks, Ginger. That was a real ginger thing to say. <laughs> She'd be like, "Hi, Pete." Oh my God. Would she make me? You would food? love my mom. She- no, she's not a good cook. Okay. She's not a she's not a typical Southern mom in that way. But you would love her. Why? You she she. I'll like pick her up from the plant like uh the airport mm-hmm. and she'll have like two people rolling her bags out that she met on the plane she knows all about their life they're like i, I want to introduce you to my fiance like they just oh, like M. Ginger. She, she just brings people into her world oh my ginger yeah i love it i'm so glad that you found a second phase to a relationship so mm-hmm. you know that that's really yeah. it speaks to both of you it speaks to you to keep that line open, mm-hmm. you know, and to grow. Yeah. But then to include, like, that, that's a real struggle in my life is as I grow, how do I include? Uh-huh. And then honestly, a lot of it has to do with me going, um, my parents don't have to come on this journey with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a lot of times. Because right. I would like them sometimes to be uh, open or different about uh, some things. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of my work isn't, is trying to love them for who they are. Right. I know that. Yeah. Is a cliche, but boy, it's not easy. Every time I take like a mind altering drug, <laughs> Valerie uh, will be there and uh-huh. usually, and uh, not always doing it, but yeah. I'll tell her. And my epiphany is always people don't have to be like me. Uh huh. Isn't that weird? 
That is where that is always your epiphany. That's that's one of them. Some version of Some it. Some version yeah. of like you don't have to turn other people into you, mm-hmm. or you don't have to hold out hope that someday they'll be like you. Yeah. Um, or see things like you. I'm very open to other people believing other things, but yeah. if I love somebody, for example, I really want them to take mindfulness or presence. Right. I really would love my dad to be present with me. Yeah. Fuck you, Pete. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Sorry, pal. Right. So it's not like I want them to pledge allegiance to my beliefs. Yeah, of course. But I want them to sometimes love me in the way that I give and receive love. Right. Which is often presence or like mm-hmm. affirmation or, or honesty or yeah. openness or humility. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's they great. Write it way. down and shove it up your ass. <laughs> like yeah. let them be who they are. So it's 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 yeah. not it's not it's not as toxic as it sounds, mm-hmm. but the epiphany is just like just love them like yeah. your grandma. Mm-hmm. Just love them. Just love them. What are you doing? Yeah, I think I used to put really high expectations on people. I had that problem back in in my 20s when everything when I was like, "No, but people should do this." You know, I was yeah. expecting them to like you say Achieve behave a certain behave, way or yeah. respond to things a certain way i just had such huge expectations of people yeah and sort of getting that in check helped tremendously i hear that because then you're wonderful. constantly disappointed Buddy. who wants that well <laughs> i've been getting a little bit into the i can never say it the enneagram 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 uh-huh. it's a personality test it's oh, okay not, it's not scientology <laughs> i was like everybody thinks it's scientology uh-huh. it's a very old personality test it's fun okay there's nine types i think and mm-hmm. i'm a three and a three is an achiever mm-hmm. and an achiever is defines himself in what other people think of them right and I, i've worked on it yeah and i'm constantly working on it so mm-hmm. i'm not resigned to this but at my core that's sort of the base software that i'm working on yeah and one of the things richard Rohr was giving it's on youtube if anyone's curious you can look up you can take the test and then he gives these talks on your number and the talk that he gave about threes was he was like um Threes will mistake warmth or simpatico with another person mm-hmm. with the feeling that they must be like us. Like, uh-huh. let's say you're a three. I don't know if you are. I'm not like that. I can't, I I can't diagnose other like people. I feel like that could be probably we the get case. things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, people, like, uh, a big thing for threes is what's the point? Like, what? get to the point. Get to the point and let's do it. Yes. Like, that's a big thing for us. Uh-huh. And, like, sometimes our problem areas is we'll put a product over people, even though we're heart people, uh-huh. we're sort of confused by our emotions <laughs> and we're sort of tossed by our emotions. Right. But then we're also like very good with groups. Like we uh-huh. can make a thing work. Yeah. Like I can make a show work. And right. I can make a stand-up show work. Uh-huh. But sometimes I'll, I'll struggle interpersonally. Yeah. Uh, even though that's not completely true, that, that feels right for me. Right. So I, when he said that, that like I'll take someone liking me as a sign that they must be driven uh-huh. and hardworking in the same way that I am. I see. And I'm disappointed all the time. <laughs> right. And, and he goes, other threes that he knows go, I don't trust my first feeling ever anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was very valuable to me. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm having a feeling. And I, I, I go like, oh, Fortune, I love chatting with you. Yeah. You must be great at uh, running a show. I'll produce your show. <laughs> right. Not, not that I could, but let's say I could. I'm going to produce your show. Yeah. And then I find out that you're like that a stoner. Totally or different. Yeah, you're totally yeah. different. Or it's just not, 
I was just projecting onto you mm-hmm. my qualities. How thinking, you would run something. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe you can run your show in a different way, mm-hmm. but I think you would do it how I do it. Yeah. That's very typical three. Oh, behavior. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the shortcoming of the three is deceit, is that we mm. can lie to make people think we're a certain way uh-huh. to get what we want, which is which is not something I do. Yeah. But it's it's certainly something that I could be tempted to do or maybe right. I've done in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, certainly in relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been like, be that girl for a month. Taylor Swift. I've done that. Be that girl. She seems to like this. Yeah. She likes when I have a deep voice. <laughs> Let's go to Red Lobster. Yeah, I used to be like, it. I totally am cool with just dating. I don't need a Dude. commit. I was always trying to play it cool when I inside. I'm like, commit to me, please. I, I, I relate to that. I, I would understand. be like, yeah, whatever. Do yeah. merging and mirroring. You know, yeah. Yeah. But pleasing. Our truths it's hard to get to our truths. But we're uh we're all a work in progress. W I P. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of acronyms today. All these acronyms. Throw me in the acronyms. garbage. I can't keep up with them. You can. You're doing great. There's going to be a test. Wonderful. There is a test. Well, I was joking. You should. Leave, you can leave. And when I yelled, you better be right. I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I said we're going to talk about God. And uh, sorry, Katie would normally edit that out, but I thought that was funny <laughs> because obviously I do not care about being right. Let's just talk about how you were raised and yeah. you were raised Methodist. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did that look? like for you i mean i wasn't um i wasn't raised in the church in the sense where i know you talked about your religious background and it was on your show a lot i methodist was a more chill like Mm -hmm. the baptists in town were the hardcore ones you know where i was like oh that's like a lot it's a bit much it's a bit much whereas methodist it was more of a in the south is more of a church is a social thing Everyone, everyone goes to church on Sundays. Yeah, like it is not an option. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like a church on every corner. Really? Like there's like how Starbucks is everywhere here. It's like church back home. So Star Christ. Yeah, like every it was just known. Like everyone, what church? Where do you go to church? Like it was just a part of the culture, right? Um, so <clears throat> to not go to church, you're, where, getting, you're getting a tattoo from a guy with a huge <laughs> yeah. beard. Where do you go to church? First Baptist. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it would, you're almost like a black sheep to not go to church. Yeah. So yeah. we just, that's what you did. And, but you got some social stuff out of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you are part of the Bible studies and the, um, <clears throat> or vacation Bible school in the summer. PBS. You go to the what is it called before church? The um, I don't know a Bible something. But there's like an hour before church starts. Oh wow! I can't even remember the name of it, but it's something pre pre some pre game. <laughs> and then, but it's usually you and your other kids. <laughs> you're having a first. You're having a Eucharist <laughs> to get ready for the Eucharist. Yeah. I want to have a buzz going before I have the Eucharist. What is that called? Sunday school. Sunday school. That's what it's called. Sunday oh, school. Our Sunday school was during the regular service. Re- oh, yeah. So okay. you go to one or the other. There was, we had a pre thing, and then the kids, like little, little kids, would go to it during the service. Right. But at the age of like, I don't know, you were expected to sit in church by like seven and yeah. up. Okay. And um, the age of accountability. Yeah. And <laughs> so and I was you like, You know what that is? That's when you can go to Is hell. that really? Yeah. Oh, seven? Is, is yeah. it seven? 
Val and I were just having this conversation, right? So there are these things, uh-huh. spiritual ideas, that obviously can't be compartmentalized <laughs> or institutionalized that we tried. Right. And I don't believe any of this. Mm-hmm. But we were like, okay, so you go to hell, but you have to have a certain amount of your reason, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would say the age of accountability. I believe it's seven. Okay. So different, different churches have different ages. So if you died before seven, you go to heaven. Okay. Rob Bell in his wonderful book called Love Wins, he said, wouldn't it be more compassionate than to just kill a kid when they were six? It's a, <laughs> it's a fucked up thought. Right. But if we believe that they're going to go to eternal paradise, why risk it? Right. He's, he's saying a shocking he's thing. He's showing, yeah. To, to show how absurd the right. idea is. Obviously, no one's saying kill kids. Right. Um. And I don't even know if he brings murder into it, but he's like, it's maybe I think he does. Anyway, we were talking about intelligence. Uh-huh. We we have friends uh, with uh, special needs and mm-hmm. in families with children with special needs. And we're like, well, that's another thing. At what level of intelligence? 60%? Are you accountable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to. We need numbers on that. Yeah. They have this uh, dis- disability. They're going to heaven. Right. This person has this level of cognitive ability, mm-hmm. what percentage of your brain, quote-unquote, normal functioning, mm-hmm. makes you susceptible to hell? It's a lot of it's fucking a, it's weird a scale, shit. Or, a scale. <laughs> or you can just say God loves fucking everybody. That's true. Which God I'm in that camp. Fucking, get the fuck out of my face. It's staring you right in the, yeah. in, in the eyes. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not in the this and them type of, you know. Fortune. I'm not in that camp. Sorry to be another guy. Oh, let's do it. High fives. I'm just so tired of it. Yeah. I'm so tired of the clans and the groups and the us and them. To to be so bold to think that you can make the rules. That's what I'm saying. You know, That's why it's funny to go, okay, make the rules then. (laughs) This person has low functioning autism. You know what I'm saying? Is that? Are they accountable? Yeah, but come any, on, Steve. Any entity that's like, well, we know we know the answer. You're like, no, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. You don't. I jump, mean, jump in an empty well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, and that it's to not going to kill you. It'll humble you, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know. And so, church for me was just something you did. But as you get, I think as I got to high school, I started noticing hypocrisy a lot, mm-hmm. and I. I noticed that hypocrisy, hypocrisy, a lot of people <laughs> spewing the the gospel, as they say, mm-hmm. the, quoting the quotes, saying this is a sin, that is a sin. I would then see them in other situations where they were not living that life. Of they course. were being, uh, you know, drinking, getting drunk at parties. Or, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm talking about adults here too, and like people that they would condemn this but Dude, then i'd just be like give me a flashback i'd be at a high school par- i used to go to high school parties and not drink yeah that was me and i'd see other people from my bible study and they'd be drinking uh-huh. and i was like ooh, ooh, i caught you oh man the how tattletale. sweet it is the tattletale is a good title tattletale yeah fortune femester tattletale <laughs> I'm not a narc, though. Come yeah, on. you're no narc. <laughs> no narc. No, you're good. But I knew that. <laughs> I knew that from everything about you. You'd help me hide a body. Yeah. Not a human body, but like a dog that I killed, but over like I'm a, like, a I, debt. I got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I would never kill a dog over a debt. It was a joke. You can't um, be too careful these days. You got to say that. You got to say you it. You got to say it. I know. People, sarcasm isn't as, uh, and jokes aren't. They're taking very literal now. I think it's because so much of, like, we call it post-truth now. Mm -hmm. So we can't hold so many people in power accountable. Yeah. So we hold ourselves accountable too much. Yeah. But it's the exaggeration. So, like, 
the exaggeration of no one being held accountable in certain circles Mm -hmm. leads to a blowback in other circles. So now we're like, well, I can't affect this, but I can affect this. Mm -hmm. So we affect what we can affect and we go at the artists and I get it. But but I just said I'd never kill a dog. So suck it. (laughs) Or as I'm as I'm now, as I made a note to keep saying, jump in an empty well. There you go. (laughs) Jump in an empty well. Just jump in an empty well. Just break one leg. Do it. (laughs) And that I mean. I'm just kidding. Keep going. So church was just something you did, and now you, you're And then I loving. noticed hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. It put a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, Zima. Um, I was just like, I don't feel good about that. So in high school, I would like go to church, but it wasn't really like following church. For me, it was just, uh, I just wanted a, um, a foundation. It helped build a foundation of morals, I guess, for me. Sure. Then I got to college. And a collective mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And then in college, I didn't really go to church. I, but I, in college, I was more curious about all churches. I became friends with Mormons. Mm. I wanted to learn. I'm like, Latter-day Saints. Yeah. I was like, I want to learn all about your religion. So I would go to some of their services. You did? Yeah. I went for a little while. Good for you. To learn. Because I wanted, they were very into family and my family was fractured. So that was very appealing to me. Family game night. And I hung out with a lot of Mormons. So. But it made me sort of. I know some. Yeah, I know some beautiful Latter Day Saints. I know some really great ones, uh, Latter Day Saints, and I would just I took Old Testament just for fun. I was very curious, so I I was curious in the history of it and where it all came from. Yeah, but I wasn't religious, you know. Were you curious in what it had in common? Yeah, I was like, where do we where do we meet? Mm. And I think I was just trying to find the answers to the holes that I had. My grandmother had just died, which was a huge... It was like losing a mom. Mm. And my family was fractured. I didn't know if we'd ever have a relationship again. So I think I was just trying to fill the hole, fill the hole. What, yeah. you know, what can lead me to peace, to, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And I was like, maybe it's religion. And you do look Mormon, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I went to some uh, Mormon dances and stuff. Did you? Know? you? Yeah, they were they were all about good, clean fun, and it fit my personality. Yeah, um, sprite only. But then I graduated college and I moved to Spain for a year randomly, and <laughs> it was the first time in my life I had no expectations on me. No one wanted anything from me. No one expected anything of me in Spain. Yeah, because no one knew who I was. I was all by myself. Fortune. And it, you've done it. it You're allowed, doing, life. doing life. It just You're beautiful. It let me get rid of the achiever. This is it. Feeling feeling like I needed to achieve. Feeling define like I yourself needed by to, that. Yeah. Yeah. And feeling like I needed to. You're just having red wine during the day. Just living life. Salty for, lamb. Like yeah, like olives. Salty lamb and olives. Taking a nap. It was hard, Staying, but it was dinner at one a.m. <laughs> Four hour dinners, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, but not getting sick. But there is something about <laughs> being anon- completely anonymous, where like literally no one has any expectation of you. Beautiful. It it shed a lot of religious uh, pressures, uh, social pressures, trying to achieve, trying to accomplish, trying to Begin. prove. Be yeah. in the right group, the mm-hmm. right church. Yeah. So did you see a different attitude towards religion in España? I just kind of, I, I never really went to church much after that. I go to it church. It was more that people weren't going to church. It was yeah. different from the South. Yeah, it was different. And once I moved to LA, like, no. 
no one I knew was going to church. Right. I think I just, I would go home, like I'll go home for like Christmas and go to church service. You but can I, still do it and it yeah. doesn't give you the willies? No, not They're at not all. not like overtly anti-gay? No, not my home church at all. Really? No. That's I mean, fun. My, my, my hometown's a pretty lovely hometown, a little bright spot in that conservative area of the South. What town? Uh, it's called Belmont. It's right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Very, very kind people. And they've always been very accepting of me it, since day one of, since my whole life, but also since I came out. There was no blowback. It's so beautiful. Sometimes I get love ASMR. You know what ASMR is? Uh-huh. You do. For the yeah. people that don't, it's, it's, it's like whispering mm-hmm. and it gives you this almost, it's almost pleasant, but it's almost unpleasant. It's like being tickled. Yeah. And sometimes I get that way with, with love. Yeah. And often with Leela, Are you I'm, like, I'm getting like love ASMR where mm-hmm. I'm like, it's almost, she'll go to bed and Val and I will look at photos of her and stuff. Aww. And I'm like, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm like, put it away. Yeah. Put it away. Too much. In the same way, I'm like, stop listening to brush strokes on a dry canvas. <laughs> same sort of like so much i like it but yeah and you're giving me that feeling because it's just so beautiful oh, and forgive me for having a, a preconceived notion that the south must have been like merry christmas to everyone who's no, straight. I know. <laughs> no i have a it's a lovely hometown good. really good people I, when i i came out to they used to before i could get any stage time and stand up, they would have me perform in like the back of bars in the, my hometown. I'm having a hard time. Or I know, get I ready, just, get ready. I just can't handle. Or this. there would be like an event space, and they would come out and draw. I mean, I was no one. Like I was not on television. Yeah. I was only a couple years in the stand up. They would come out in droves. They would buy like 200 tickets, 300 tickets to see me perform. Wow! In these little spaces, and I just you, just like me, a headlining, just show. me, which is bonkers. I would. Can't believe Would they have paid an anything. No, just you. Because I just wanted to practice. I just wanted to, and I was like, "This well, my, the first time I did stand up. It was yeah. all Christian college friends mm-hmm. rented out a restaurant, and tons of friends and family came. Yeah, they were just like, "We just want to support Very you. Nice You're out in L.A." Yeah, they thought me just living here was making it. That was your credit. Yeah, she lives in Hollywood, and I was very nervous. My, uh, it was the second, the first time I didn't talk about being gay when I performed there. I six months like a year later came home to do another one and I was like I gotta do it my joke is about being gay and I said so and I hadn't come out to anyone in my hometown just my family so I go so I'm gay and like it was it was like 250 people they stood up and gave me like a standing ovation Fortune. And I was like, <gasps> I'm going to be in the sauna. I was like, what is happening? I'll be in the sauna. I couldn't believe it. Because I, I did expect, I was the same as you. I expected like people to I be can't. like, oh, oh, they gave me a standing ovation in the middle of little North Carolina. That's the face it was beautiful. of God right there. It was beautiful. That's touching the face <laughs> of God. It's so they have beautiful. been with me from day one. Standing ovation. You should have closed. I know. Day. I was like, and I'm out. How do I Literally, follow? Like... How do I follow? I'm gay. <laughs> Shit. You look um, at your list. So I'm very, I'm very lucky that I have that just beautiful hometown mm. love. People, you know, it's ten ten thousand people live there. When I was growing 10, up, it was around six thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, um, I did two shows at my Christian college, one when I was married and one when I was divorced. Oh, really? And I sure as shit didn't talk about being divorced <laughs> the second time. Oh, I bet. Sometimes different, my community a little bit more fundamentalist mm-hmm. and a little bit would have been harsher. We used to have gay 
uh, pastors come uh-huh. uh, very rarely. I'm sure. Very rarely. Uh-huh. Uh, by the petition of certain groups of students. And people would go so that they could le- stand up and leave and let the doors oh, slam behind interesting, them. Interesting, yeah. So people really, by the way, wouldn't be surprised if they were a little bit G-A-Y, that's, you acting this that's way. That's the secret. G-A-Y, you acting this yeah, way. Yeah, G-A-Y, are you so uncomfortable yeah. with this gay person's <laughs> talking to a group of people? <laughs> G-A-Y. G-A-Y. Sometimes you need to ask yourself, G-A-Y am I so angry? Yeah, G-A-Y are you sweating when these hot guys are around? (laughs) Oh my God. Everybody help us love like this. I love, I I would pay, you've given me two time travel dreams. One, (laughs) you dancing to money by Pink Floyd. Yep. And I I would pay large sums of money to see that. (laughs) And I'd pay even way larger. In fact, when I'm dying, (laughs) I hope I remember that, that standing ovation. And in my DMT hallucination as I'm passing, Mm -hmm. I hope I see it. The standing ovation. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I'm about. I'd love to be at my past standing ovation to be a part of your death experience. experience. Val will be there because she's younger than me. And I just go, fortune. And everyone goes. They're like, he got yeah. his wish. <laughs> yeah. And then the bells ring. Oh, that's beautiful, Pete. I, I want it because it's so beautiful. It's, it's so pretty beautiful. great, and the stakes were pretty high. And then and you, you didn't even know. You didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. You were afraid. I was very afraid. And then guess what? Love, love, was there. love. And that's that, the best. And you know, the South can't get a bad rap like that because it's all viewed as one entity. Yeah, and it's unfair. not. It's not that way. And I will say, I'm not even being political. I don't have any tour dates in the South. I'm just yeah. saying, a lot of people who might have beliefs that aren't beautiful mm-hmm. are beautiful people. Yeah, for sure. Because I am a beautiful person, and I had toxic, ugly beliefs that I needed experiences. I was just thinking about this. It's like movies like Green Book, right? So mm-hmm. a racist guy goes on the road with a black guy, mm-hmm. becomes not racist. The trick of life, I've said this many times, is to have the conversion without the conversion experience. Mm-hmm. So the conversion experience is, let's say I'm a homophobic, anti-gay person, and I meet you. Mm-hmm. And we go on a road trip, and you save my life from a pack of wild dogs. It'll happen, You know probably. what I'm saying? <laughs> You're drop-kicking them and stuff. It's real funny. Money by Pink Floyd plays. And I learn to love you, so yep. I open my heart. Mm-hmm. But we don't have time for a conversion experience for every for person, every person yep. and every group that needs your heart to be converted. Mm-hmm. So motherfucker... Have an active faith and go love and openness and honesty and truth and beauty must be bigger than I can imagine. Yeah. So I'm going to step into that room before I have the luxury mm-hmm. of being walked hand in hand by the thing I need to be converted to. Yeah. We don't have time. We so don't. So just jump there and do to. the work to and get in there and then and slowly bring your brain along with uh-huh. you. But let your heart lead the way. What am I giving a? I love that. Speech? But it's fucking true. Yeah. Fucking Those stop. Beautiful words. Being Pete. a dumbass. Jump into an empty well if you I don't mean, agree with that. Jump into that empty well. <laughs> like, it all is about exposure, you know, and experiences and well you don't know these people mm-hmm. we've seen that with with muslims we've seen that mm-hmm. with with gay people we've we, just fucking your heart wants to keep giving it away follow yeah, that there's, instinct there's more that binds us at the end of the day you know fucking a fucking mm-hmm. a you know all right keep going well so <laughs> i uh, 
I basically where I'm at with religion now is I just want to be a good person. I believe in God and I just want to be a good person. Yeah. But I, you know, so I have plenty of really close friends who don't believe in God and I What? Doesn't phase me. Comedy? Yeah, right? Doesn't phase me. I'm like that's their journey. Yeah. And it's just um I just want to try to do right the right by people. I don't I mean, of course, everyone makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. And for me, it's the more of the moral center living my life that's best for me. Yeah. But I'm really trying to be, I'm at a place now where I'm not judging people yep. for their th- path, yep. their beliefs. I'm like, that's your thing. Great. What grade if, they're if, in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. so religion, I don't, I don't go to church. I probably never will except for like random services here and there yeah or if kanye west invites me to his church choir service does he have a church he's been doing like a sunday singing church kind of choir thing and like the woods of somewhere in the valley or i don't know hidden hills wherever they live look it up you gotta google it it's like everyone it's pretty fascinating everyone's singing and it's uh, one is it outside it's outside i've seen video of it then it's uh I'll go to that church. Sure. That sounds I, like There a, was a church in Brooklyn that Sufjan Stevens allegedly would sometimes be there and do the music. Uh-huh. And I remember going to that church a couple times being like, Sufi? <laughs> Suf? Yeah. Suf? Should have checked his tour dates. He's not there. <laughs> not there. Check the tour dates. Do you or do you go to church still? No. I don't, yeah. My cheeky answer is, I never leave church. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's a um, Richard Rohr who... I don't know if it'll be out before or after this. He has this book called The Universal Christ, and he's a big believer in that Like church, uh, when done properly, should get you to a place where you feel like you never leave church, that you yeah. no longer need it. Right. Your heart has been opened. Uh-huh. You're on the path, and you can always be in a state of constant communion instead of going to someone else to right. give it to you. That's, Realize that, yeah. it's, that God or whatever you want to call it and uh, church is something... It's a state. It's yeah. a, it's a relationship. I love that. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, but church isn't really interested in doing that. Right. No. They, they just, want to sell they tickets. They want your money. <laughs> they want to sell tickets. And I just and I also believe in the power of the universe, you know, the um just the putting things out there, you yeah, know, that yeah. like the secret. I do believe in good intentions and yeah. things coming back. Um thinking positive. So it's an all in I have an all encompassing belief system yeah. it's not just like a relationship oh, it's this one thing it's yes. with this one thing it's a lot of things i was gonna say a relationship with the mystery yes you, but ex- you're playing with it exactly it's like a big piano we don't understand but you're going up and touching yeah, some of the keys for sure i love it yeah what a beautiful and at song. the end of the day i just want to i just want to be happy i just want to i want the people i love to be happy every everyone i want people to find their own peace and yeah yeah i just i want you know good things for myself good things for other people i'm just trying to do right by people when i can yep and i don't really know how else to live you know i would say i think that really matters it sounds very basic Mm -hmm. but i think it really matters that attitude yeah is something that changes your interior world Mm -hmm. you could call that your soul but we could just say your interior reality yeah your emotions your psychology your brain chemistry whatever you want to say Mm -hmm. those feelings and those beliefs change how you are yeah and then they change the world and they change how we see and how we act in the world so it's really like i used to kind of think we needed to get deep Mm -hmm. but I, i i took 
uh, a psychedelic recently. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, it's okay to just be nice. Like yeah. being nice is nice. Like the fact that Smiling. anyone is nice uh-huh. is really nice. It sounds so yeah. basic. But often my epiphanies are really basic. Yeah. Like not everyone needs to be like me. My last one was like being nice is nice. We don't have to like grade people's niceness the way right. we do wine or espresso. <laughs> like where is it from? It's full body. Exactly. Just go like, that's fucking nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was really nice. Yeah. And I think that's just why my comedy does tend to be on the more positive side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm just pulling up what's inside that's right. Of me, and that's how I view the world. That's right. That's what I mean, is you're mm-hmm. building a foundation. And you can feel it in your comedy when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you're talking about it, there's a transmission and a frequency behind it. Mm-hmm. That That's something that's very important to me, too. Even though yeah. I love talking about dicks and pusses and whatever. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? It's I funny. love a good dick. It's funny. A good dick joke <laughs> good is dick so joke. good. I avoided them for so long, and now I love them. But there's something underneath it that people go like, oh, I, I, I hope that they go, I feel a little less scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, even if people walk, like like you're saying about things don't need to be as deep. I'm sort of that way with my shows. I'm like, if all that they get from this last hour is that they felt good for yeah. an hour, that they forgot about something stressful for an hour, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Cosmic Pete. Agrees with you. Yeah. Very hard. Mm-hmm. You kept going like, Earth Pete really wants people to understand <laughs> right. motives and thoughts and intentions. And all that's fine and it has its place. But mm-hmm. like Cosmic Pete is like, nice is nice. Nice is nice. And laughing is nice. Yeah. And and being together in a room and enjoying yourselves together is really nice. It's our don't. church. It's, it is our church. <laughs> it is. And I never leave, which is why I'm always hilarious. That's right. Acronyms. Hilarious. Explaining jokes. Hilarious. (laughs) Interjecting weird things that don't make any sense that interrupt your train of thought. Hilarious. Hilarious. I'm a great host. What can I say? (laughs) It's been delightful for me. Well, you were a delight. You're a delight. Do you feel good? I feel great. I always love seeing. I haven't seen I love you. Seeing you too. You've been off making television and I feel like being I've a been busy, busy guy. And now yeah. I feel supremely back. Obviously, there's like a mourning associated with not making a show. Yeah, especially a show that people liked. It was. Some, I loved it. I appreciate. it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't fishing, but I. I, I know. I sometimes <laughs> go like, well, there's my reality, and then there's the reality of people that just liked the show. Yeah. And I sometimes have to remember that there's mourning for their loss as well, that we just don't, we won't make mm-hmm. any more of what they liked. Well, it's not often that, again, seeing yourself in something yeah. that you get to see, like, I mean, our community, you know, you sh- showed our actual friends, people, yeah. and it was really great. Oh, that's really And to nice. see your journey, because I, I know it wasn't fully your journey, but a lot of it was based on oh, your yeah. life, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that it was a really interesting look into some of your world and i appreciate that and and our i like the i it makes me happy to think that the show represented our community to mm-hmm. use your word yeah i like to say our species but i get the morning <laughs> thing i could i never i sold some pilots i've never gotten the opportunity to i made one of did them did they have any of the moments that i said those are the four chief emc moments? they didn't no but guess what now the, the new pilot the new pilot the but MP. i sh- i shot one for abc and i i only got to do the one episode but i mourned the loss of that of and i did. can't imagine getting to do it for well, that's three like seasons. A, you know that's such a I get, I get what you mean. You were cut but on off a different level. You, yeah, yeah. I think that would be. 
potentially even worse. I can't. I can't. Grade yeah, who it. knows? Not who, grade we're it. not going to grade we it. Can't grade but it. I get what you mean. But that, you know. that morning of something like that is so, tough. But I have that, and I have the word I use is I have this spaciousness mm-hmm. that I haven't had for four years because every ounce of yeah. my ability was being used. Yeah, for that. And now Val and I are like, this is crazy. Like I'm more present with my friends uh-huh. i'm a better friend like, like i can go on a walk i can go on a walk i can do yeah. i can do stand up like mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that i wasn't able to do yeah when i was doing the show because it's all encompassing right it, it is all yeah it takes everything mm-hmm. here's here's my advice to anybody trying to sell a show or make a show or whatever uh make sure it's your dream because right. it's going to whether or not it is mm-hmm. it's going to take everything from you yeah not in a bad way like give it back you want to give it yeah but there's no like like I, I've pitched shows in the past where I'm like, I'm okay with this idea, right? Or like, it's just a cartoon, uh-huh. dude. It's gonna take a hundred percent. So you better make sure that you the thing you're cutting your arm off, like Schwarzenegger in Terminator Two, mm-hmm. where he peels it off. If you're gonna do that, make sure you really want to see that robot hand. Right, right. <laughs> no, I get that, and that's good. That's good advice because. Sometimes I even fall into that trap of let's just throw a bunch of stuff out there and see what they do. Yeah, and see what happens. Make sure it's your passion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I didn't know. Uh-huh. And now I now I do know. It's yeah. like you're going to need to rely on the passion to to get to make it. Yeah, it can't just be like, oh, they gave me money to let me make it, mm-hmm. or I can make it. And you, I mean, you did what three seasons right mm-hmm. that's a long time yeah i, I feel like it's a success yeah, people don't a, sometimes i feel like people don't believe success. it <laughs> they're like oh you're spinning it <laughs> you're not spinning it because it's 12 hours of content i've been pitching shows since 2012 it's yeah, very it's not easy e- hard to get a show made and I to know. get three seasons is even it's like lightning in a bottle. I appreciate that. So you much. did a great job. I'm very well, proud of you. Nice, and we're all very t- proud of you. Oh, 4G. You, you did a, This you took did a great. really nice turn. And I'm not, I know you weren't, I know you weren't fishing for anything. I just haven't seen you to tell you that. I pre- Well, it means the world to me and I'm glad that we recorded it. Yep. It's here, <laughs> so, it's here so forever. So I can listen to this on my deathbed <laughs> and, and then I'm, go, fortune it's gonna be a part of that journey too you're gonna see the standing ovation and then hear oh these comments oh my god and then just fade but i'm sure you learned in. so much though i did and i also in a weird way enjoyed i don't know if people would be surprised to know that val and i are like tripping out on how great life is yeah with our daughter and together mm-hmm. and i'm back in what the majority of my creative life was which is yeah. doing stand-up um I only do it like three times a week, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing like an hour. Yeah. You know, at Largo. Mm-hmm. And then like little sets here and there. So having ideas, writing them down, trying them. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it more than three if I really have some mm-hmm. new stuff. And then like doing the podcast. Yeah. Doing some press for the book. Mm-hmm. And that's life. And I was like, I like, I like a spacious life. Yeah. Like and life when you're doing a TV show. I would not use the word spacious. <laughs> I know. And you'll you'll have another you'll have other TV shows, but it'll be like you'll have the spacious time in your life and then that time in your right. life. There'll and be a, this time, seasons. You know? Yeah. Seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now I'm I'm deal I'm like this is fine and I am I'm it's more than fine. It's perfect. Yeah. It's great. Well, I love that. Well thank you for it. Oh, we thank have one last be. question. Yes. Can you think of the time you laughed the hardest ever in your life? Oh my God. That's a big challenge. Here, let me let me broaden the okay. parameters. When you think of yourself laughing really hard, right? 
what age are you? Who are you with? Uh, was there a fart? <laughs> Probably so the, a fart. my days at the Groundlings uh-huh. when I was in Sunday Company. Um, the Sunday Company is very competitive because every six months for you're getting voted on mm. and you can only get up to a year and a half. And it's like being in the trenches of comedy. Like every week you're putting on a new sketch show. So you pitch the sketches every Wednesday night. You bring in, you have to bring in like five sketches. And you do it so much, you know, you get from advance to the end of Sunday Company, you're two years of constant sketch writing mm-hmm. that you become delirious. You're trying to find <laughs> ideas from anywhere. You're like looking at the wall being like, poster, yeah. what can I write yeah. about a poster? A pirate, but his peg leg is filled with <laughs> yes. skittles. But no one will tell him. <laughs> but people just start bringing the most insane sketches and i just and and you're you've built such a camaraderie it is like a team mm-hmm. that we would just belly laugh like not like no one else would think it was funny mm-hmm. but we i just those days were very <laughs> pure you know very I all you exactly cared about you in the mean. world was da- uh, sketch comedy mm-hmm. sunday comedy nothing else mattered it was such a bubble Fight and, Club. and we laughed always yeah, yeah when we weren't like stressing out about getting voted on <laughs> oh man that's so, a pressure cook yeah i know what you mean those silly stupid bad ideas yeah i think people from snl have said that like a bad pitch in the pitch meeting mm-hmm. will will live on forever yeah you never forget it i appreciate that that's a great of course, answer thank you well thank you for would you say the catchphrase we have the guests say keep it crispy at the end keep it crispy <laughs> standing ovation <laughs> Uh, North Carolina standing ovation. That's right. Unexpected. 200 <laughs> people compassion standing ovation. And come out and see this hour that I'm doing. I would love to. Uh, you and whoever Oh, you're else. just talking to the people. Anyone. Yeah. I'll, it might be called a different name by the time you see it. But I'm, on, I'm, touring, I'm touring right now, so come out to our show. I don't like the word rule, and then it makes me go follower. Rule follower. I know. It's a mouthful. Rule is not a good word. Okay. I'll come up with rule. something else. No, I won't. But the hour itself is really fun. Yeah, I believe it. So go to my website and see if I'm coming to a city near you. I was going to say buy the book. (laughs) I don't have a book. No, no, no. I was saying buy the book. Like (laughs) another word for rule follower. Katie, do you have anything? Pete's going to text. You looked it up? Pete's going to text me in like a month with a new title. I will. What's that? Compliant is funny. Compliant. Maybe it'll be called compliant. Acquiescence is funny, but nobody can spell it. Um, compliant is, again, too serious. It's like Dane I know. Compliant. I'll have to... Rule follower is still good. It's you, in if, the running. If but it's rule follower, I'm, I'm on board. Anyone who comes to my show, if you have any suggestions after the, you see my set, let me know. I'm open. Fortune Feimster, people pleaser. <laughs> It may be. Who no. knows? I was trying to rhyme with Fortune Feimster. I know, because it has that alliteration. Fortune Feimster. But my point is I'm on tour. Come see a show. <laughs> Come see the hour, whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. And Rule Follower is wonderful. Yeah, never. You. Don't second guess it. That was not my point. <laughs> I just think it's unloving if you're like, I think we can beat it yeah. to not say that. That's another thing I've learned from making a show. It's like, <laughs> it's not rude to say, I think we can beat it. And if we can't, we still have a great one. There you go. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. so crispy. My